Hey gang, welcome back to another episode of We Speak English Good. Thank you for joining us. It is me, Mikey P. I am broadcasting semi-live from my mom's house in Toledo, Ohio. It wasn't what I wanted in the end, but here we are. I'm in Toledo, and I'm going to make the best of it. And I have been making the best of it, because our 100th episode is coming up just around the corner. I think after this one, we got about five more episodes. So in about five weeks, we're going to have the 100th episode. And I'm super excited about it. I don't want to give away who the guest is, but for me and from the trajectory of this show... The guest is awesome, and it makes sense, because it's someone you probably haven't heard of before, but you should know who this person is, especially if you're into, I don't know, Motown, or if you're into Death Row Records, when Death Row Records was putting out the smashes, like like Doggy Style, and California Love and you know even Regulators I don't think Regulators was on Death Row I think they were on a different label but the person I got a chance to talk to had their hand in all of those things I just said and uh, it was a great interview so it's already in the can so I mean it's already there so I can't wait to release it. It's going to be a 100th episode. And maybe I'll actually promote it this time and and maybe advertise it overseas or something on Facebook. I have no idea. I don't even know how that shit works. In any case, today's guest is Bentley Michaels. Bentley Michaels is a voiceover actor. He's a, a dancer, a tap dancer to be specific. He is an actor, a stand-up comedian, a musician. He's just a all-in-one power bomb. I don't know. I couldn't think of a word that. Anyways, uh, Bentley came back to the show after about a year and a half, and I, I asked him to come back. Because he's such a great guest, and you'll find out why once we get into the conversation, because he's hilarious, and he's super talented, and he's just filled with a wealth of information that I think is useful for anybody in the arts that are trying to get by, especially someone um, like Bentley, who started, you know, like everybody else, grinding away playing free shows, doing jobs for free, trying to build a name and a resume. And after a while, he started to become, uh, you know, he started to get a little bit more footwork and he, he's working and he's supporting himself and his family. And now it's become to a po- it's come to a point for him where he's he has to go to L.A. just to, you know, just to keep up, which I know that doesn't make much sense, but I... <sighs> It's always in my opinion that you go to the big cities, New York, L.A., when you're ready. And not to say that Bentley wasn't ready before because he has lived in L.A. before. But now he's just uh, he's fully equipped. And um, I think he's going to do great there. And I don't know. 
A little background about this podcast in particular is that this was from my adventures, capitalized van, because this is another show that I did from the road. And this was actually, I recorded this inside my van at Amazon Park in Eugene, Oregon. And uh, I was using the city Wi-Fi from the rec center. And Bentley was in Salem, which is like an hour away from Eugene. And I really wish we were able to meet up in person because Bentley's such a cool dude. And we've talked for the last few years, you know, we just sort of on Facebook and on the podcast, we just sort of had this repertoire and it would have been nice. But at last, as soon as we got our van in order, we we left because we had uh, uh, transmission problems and actually the transmission needed a complete rebuild. So um, we just bounced out and we didn't get a chance to meet, but that there's a whole lifetime ahead of us and who knows? maybe in the future. Anyways, I wanted to address, because I got a couple of emails in regards to why I'm living with my mother, which I am not living with my mother. My mother owns a house that she does not live in, and she said I could live in it. So me and my family are living in my mother's house. I think I just brushed over it for the Wonder Podcast. I just was like, hey, I'm at my mom's house. Yay! (laughs) So... That's not what happened. Um, I'm living in a house that my mother owns and she does not live in. So I'm not living with my mother. I am living in my mother's house. So let's put those uh, rumors to bed, shall we? Uh, In other news, Skanks Roots Project is about to drop an album, which is my reggae band. And I am still part of the band and super proud of this next album that's coming up it's been it's been like a super collaborative album and uh just everyone involved has just really worked their asses off so pretty excited to see that come into fruition and it's it's an album i think that represents west coast like the hip-hop grind with the socal uh roots reggae it just sort of combines all that together, and it, it's just a hard-ass album. There's just, there's definitely some thumpers on there and some head bobbers. So, be looking out for that. Just so I, I just want to start the wheels here. So once it comes out, you guys are out there streaming it on Spotify, or better yet, buying it on iTunes, or coming to the show and buying a physical copy. You can't be mad at that. All those mediums are awesome. Go to randommystique.com, R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com and find out what she's doing these days, which isn't much. We've been just sort of sitting here in Toledo, enjoying the weather. I'm doing air quotes. You can't see air quotes. And actually, the weather hasn't been that bad. It's starting to get cold. It's about 50 degrees outside right now. It's about 1 p.m. in the afternoon, so... It's starting to get cold. It's October something. What's today's date? It's the 17th today. This will come out tomorrow on the 18th. But it's just, uh, it's starting to get chilly out. You know, we're starting to wear the hoodies and the sweatshirts and the long pants and stuff. Um, Years of memories are being dredged up every time I drive by different locations in Toledo where I am from. So... 
it's a uh, it's a different world from San Diego, I'll tell you that. But uh, whatever. Write the show at wespeakenglishgood.net. Nope, that's the that's the website. Okay. <laughs> Go to wespeakenglishgood.net. I'm trying to update stuff. Now that I'm kind of dormant with music, I've been concentrating on the podcast. So I'm, I am going to start releasing more videos from Facebook and just put them on YouTube with... I'm not adding sound from the podcast to it. I'm just going to let it go on its own because I'm, I just don't want to put that much work into these videos. So uh, I'm going to be releasing some videos on the YouTube channel, which is We Speak English Good YouTube. And, um, you know, so you guys can see some backlog shows and see the studio where I was at. Um, for now, I've been doing podcasts, and I've been interviewing people, been traveling to Detroit, I'll be traveling to Cincinnati, um, some local guys here in Toledo I'll be talking to, so there's a lot of exciting things coming up from the Midwest, and there's a lot of good players out here, so, you know, it's not just the coast that has all the good players, there's a lot of people here in the Midwest I like to refer to Toledo and like Detroit, Chicago, Cleveland as the Great Lakes region rather than the Midwest because I just see Midwest as like some just some fucking cracker on his porch with a straw in his mouth and you know like straw like not a straw not like what I drink out of, but like a piece of straw just drinking lemonade on their porch but then again that's like I picture that as a southern person too it just seems like everybody other than that's south of where where i'm at currently is just hayseed and i don't know i mean toledo is no big city i'm losing traction here that it, we're just going off the rails here this is not <laughs> working i'm not trying to insult the midwest the midwest has a lot of great talent that's where i'm going to end it lots of talent here so <laughs> Oh my god. I'm rambling on way too much again. So write the show at we speak English at Gmail. Oh my god. We speak English good at gmail.com. Write the show if you want. If not, that's okay. But um keep them coming. Uh you guys are seeming to like wonder. So I like that. Wonder was awesome beautifully talented person so check that out if you haven't checked out last week's episode but for now here we are let's jump into bentley michaels and i'm we go into depth about a short film that he made it's a musical so we kind of break into it but I, i never did like an introduction for it so it's just gonna sort of break into the musical section of the short film that he did uh in regards to clerks the musical which Bentley did and we talk in depth about it it's really interesting what he did and what how he got it together and stuff so um just a note and um other than that um let's jump into it here's Bentley Michaels I'm with Bentley Michaels Hi, Bentley. Thank you for coming back on Hello. the show. 
Yeah, it's been a while. Hello, Mike. Uh, yeah, it has been a while. Um, you've been busy. I forgot about your sweet Skype picture. Oh, yeah, the one with the shit stash. <laughs> with your fucking mustache yeah. and your... <laughs> and my guitar. Yeah. I'm a fucking artist, bro. <laughs> yeah, you look great. <laughs> that I think that's probably from... Like probably like eight years ago when I was still fat as fuck and uh, I thought a mustache would give me a slimmer waistline. So <laughs> that's this is really gonna help with my jawline. <laughs> this, is gonna, this is gonna make me look so fucking thin, bro. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you've been busy, and um, if I'm not seeing you like in a dress, you're tap dancing yeah. or you're just yeah, doing true. your voiceovers. <laughs> voiceovers yeah and uh, that's yeah that's that's really taken off for me uh since the last time we talked because i think we talked like a year and a half ago ish exactly or something. yeah something like that yeah and i was working then you know i was working steady but now it it just recently got to the point where i had to raise my rates Ooh. because i had too much work and so i was like i'll just let the the higher rates weed out the people and that worked for about three weeks <laughs> and then it was kind of like all the people that had more money started coming around, which is great. Um, you know, but now I'm, I'm still making more money, but I'm also starting to do about the same amount of work. And it's only been about a month and a half, I think since I raised my rates or something. Oh, and I was, I was like, man, I thought I raised them enough. Maybe I didn't. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> which is nice. You know, it's, 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 it's really, it's really cool to, to know, you know, just sort of when I started this adventure to be a voiceover actor from my home six years ago, I never thought I would be at a point where I could be like, no, pay me more money and then have people be like, oh, okay. Because, you know, it's like, it's just like when you're starting out with anything, you know, like, you you know, you're on the road with music and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And right. I've been there as well. But it's just like, you used to want to play for free and you're just like, you didn't care. You'd play for free. You'd take the hit, whatever you pay for the gas. But then it gets to that point where you're like, no, 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 it's going to be 50 bucks. Now it's going to be 150 bucks. It's going right. to be 500 bucks, whatever it is. Right. And, uh, and I'm always just baffled by the fact that people want to continue paying me. So yeah, I'm uh, it is, I'm 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 super stoked on it. I you know I I I was thinking about that actually. I was doing a podcast the other day. I was talking to a girl from Seattle who I just randomly met in Eugene. She was playing in like the town square or whatever, and she oh, cool. um and so we set up a podcast. And I was telling her the same thing. I'm like I am so surprised that people pay me to like come play keyboard like somewhat mediocre mediocre mediocrely oh my god <laughs> like not like you're halfway there i yeah exactly i uh i because i don't think that i'm the greatest keyboard player or the greatest guitar player but i can hold it down so i'm really surprised that like at the time that we left san diego that me and my wife were both able to work in music you know three blocks yeah. from the beach and you know enjoy our lives and live a live yeah. a, a somewhat you've got a comfortable bitchin little life. studio man like from what i've seen on your you know like when you've actually shown the actual studio yeah. and that sort of stuff like i know you just recently moved or something but right. you showed some pictures of like the other studio and i didn't realize that you had that set up i always just sort of see the podcast picture of you guys sitting around that little table or whatever right. so but like you had like the actual control booth with like the glass in between stuff i was like holy crap mm -hmm yeah fucking like that was like the first time i'd really seen it and it was uh yeah you, you you produce good work man oh thank you sir i appreciate it well we um well that was a very sad story in my life i mean that was like the first time i ever had like a space of my own where like yeah you know where i could work and it was like in my garage so it was away from the house it was away from everybody and i could just go yeah. and just sit there for you know days you know that 
and um and so it was really sad when we were tearing it down and like yeah because i didn't want to leave man i didn't want to leave san diego because um i was just at that point where um where yeah, I was able to start sort of raising my rates and start sort of asking for my own, you know, because I think when we yeah. talked, I had just, I think I just got fired or something, or I don't remember where yeah. I was at, but like, and I believe your 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 kid had just been born, and then you, I think you were just about to produce something for your wife. Or something like that, or she was just about to sing on something. Yeah, like, um, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We were doing shit like that in the studio, but like it was just, um, it, it was just sad for me. My wife wanted to do this more than me, and um, it kind of came down. It was like, well, you can either come with me, or you could just stay here. And I'm just like, fuck. And, and oh, by the yeah. way, I'm taking the kid. So yeah. <laughs> so it was like, it was kind of, it was kind of a rough thing, but whatever it's fine i'm i'm i like van life it's cool um but i yeah i'm missing i get all I these have very fond memories of of van life hey man you know it's 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 cool have you ever lived in the van other than music or has it always just been for music uh it's always just been for music but you know years at a time going out you know on short little mini tours you know from thursday to sunday or whatever yeah, and totally going to like Reading and back and like you know booking your way down through you know start in Salem and or or you go to like Eugene the first night and then you go to like Reading the second night and then all the way you down. play clam then then you come back and like you know then like you just turn around and come back and then you play Klamath Falls and it's like you have your hometown show or whatever you know and right. and and that sort of thing and then you know I went out on the road with a band um for like three or four months and we went all over the country and uh you know, we hit probably about 30 of the 50 states and, um, you know, and just played everywhere, saw everything, you know, slept underneath the van sometimes when it was too hot, you know, like right. Walmart superstore parking lots, hey. you know, just over in like the shadow corners or whatever, you know, so they don't <laughs> fuck with you and like, but they're open 24 hours and right. then until someone knocks on a window. And I, and I used to, because they had five members in their band and I was kind of like the, the roadie i was kind of like the first person that they could afford to bring out with them and so i actually slept in the trailer a lot like on the little on the little upper thing like in like the the, the band trailers they've got like that little some a lot of them have like that little shelf or something so right. i made that a little sleeping bag area nice. and i i would sleep up there and they'd just lock me in for the night <laughs> <laughs> it's like get in your hole <laughs> yeah it's just like well and, and like i didn't even think i'd come to th i didn't even think like Oh, maybe I'll run out of like fresh oxygen or anything like that, you know? <laughs> like I might die. They just like locked me in there, you know, <laughs> through well, the little side door oh, and and on, in the trailers and stuff. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a great experience, you know, and and uh, being out with those guys and just the first night I was with them, I just you know I, the first night I was with them, we we drove through snow and like oh and over the mountains, like going from uh, Southern Oregon into into California and stuff and it was snowy and icy and shit. We've got, you know, 50,000 bucks worth of gear in the back, you know, right, and, right. and we're just like, come on, just drive slow. You know, it took us like from Eugene to like Reading took us like 12 hours or something like that. Damn. You know, it was, yeah, it was, it, but I was, it was my first night, you know, my first sort of big adventure with the band and, and the group. And yeah, you know, I felt, I felt great about it. It was, it was so much fun to like be with, be with people that like really, Cause like I was always in bands here, but like, you know, none of them ever just wanted to commit. And so I was always 
like let's go full bore let's go you know and, and these guys were doing it so i just left with them like yeah. i just said told my band i'm like hey next week i won't be here for like a few months because i'm going out <laughs> with this band They're like what the fuck i was like well do you guys want to all quit your jobs hop in a van and go do this They're like no. no and i was like then fuck off you know <laughs> exactly. exactly i was like then i'm going out with the people that want to do that you know right and, and, you know, and, surround yourself by the the you know with the people that are doing what you want to do and are being you know more successful than you at it, and exactly. then you know just kind of keep working your way up the ladder that way. And I've ha- I've done that with voiceover this year. You know, I went to my first conference, like I went to a big boy conference out ooh. in Chicago, where where you know I felt like you know it was uh, at a sweet uh, Hilton Gardens Inn and Convention Center, and uh, out in Kankakee, fly into Chicago, drive ninety minutes outside of it, and you're basically in in Eugene or Salem. <laughs> uh, it looked almost the exact same, and you know spent the weekend there with two voiceover actors that um, you know one day we talked completely about marketing and all that stuff because um, one of the guys runs like a half a million dollar voiceover business out of his basement in Chicago. Oh, wow. And and then another guy, his name is Dave Fenoy. He was the original voice of Hulu Plus a couple years ago. Um, you know, whenever you'd hear, only on Hulu Plus. Oh, like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. He, he was that guy. And then he also does tons and tons of video games and all sorts of stuff. So, like, you know, I was, um, I was very, very excited, you know, to go there. And I learned a whole lot. And I found out that I was actually... It wasn't just me talking to a microphone and get paid. They were like, no, you're very good at this, actually. And you should be doing more. And here's some tips and tricks. And then that was in November. And here we are. Holy shit. Like, we're here we are fucking almost a year later. Almost already. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and uh, I can't believe it's fucking the middle of August. But, yeah, almost there again. And, and my voiceover business has almost quadrupled. It's definitely tripled since, since November. Wow. And so it's... Um, and you, tr- you know. attribute that to just going to this conference? I mean, yeah, because it gave me it gave me confidence. Mm. Confidence, like you know, we got up in front of the on the second day, we got up in front of the the class. There's like eighty five people there or something like that, and no one wanted to go up. Like some people would, but I was like, you know, it's like that thing. I was like, dude, we all paid so much money to fucking be here. We flew here. Some people drove here. Like what the fuck? And right. so I just kept getting it up. I was like, I'll try this kind of script, this kind of script, this kind, you know, you know, trailer, promo, action, character, um, you know, for video games, that sort of stuff. Dave does also uh, a lot of um, video game stuff. Um, tons and tons of video games. And so like we were working on, and like they just kept going, yeah, that's good. And then like, here's some direction maybe try this this way or this this way and they and i would take that and they're like wow you're very good very and which you know makes me feel great and and i you know once you sort of have that confidence you start going okay well then i will charge more you know yeah. i got invited to the cool after party you know it's like everybody kind of cleared out and i was staying at that hotel and they're just like so what are you doing tonight and i was like gonna go up to my room and i don't know maybe drive to the burger king or something <laughs> <laughs> like they're like well just you know he's like just come over to my house and we're like Dave's wife's making tacos and I was like no fucking way <laughs> hung out there got to see the studio that I was so familiar with from seeing from uh from some of the YouTube videos and stuff like that yeah and and, uh, and you know they were just like you know smoked a cigar had some had some uh, had some drinks and stuff and like just hung out and like you know once once we all got it kind of got a little squirrely uh, you know I just straight up asked him I was like how was it and here here's some of the things I'm dealing with and like you know and they gave me some great advice and it's like great. And so, yeah, I definitely attribute it because then I had the confidence. I was like, these professionals who make shitloads of money are like, you know, 
you know, they're, they're telling me that I'm worth it. So I'm, you know, you just get that immediate confidence boost. Right. Um, because like most artists, we're self-hating and think we're pieces of garbage. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I don't want to charge for anything, the, you know, or whatever. But then I was like, I really started looking at it way more business, business-like. And now, like I said, yeah, I'm making a lot more, which is great. And then also it's, it's going to be able to afford me to... Uh, you know, move down to Los Angeles and I'm moving there probably by the first of the year and I don't have to worry about work. I don't have to, because I have a, you know, work at home business. So, right. and then I'm my, but my buddies who are, you know, actors and that sort of stuff there, one of them's going to hook me up with some people and that kind of stuff. And, you know, some agency people and all that sort of business. And then, and then we're going to, I'm going to try to start dipping my, you know, go, go to a bigger pond, become yeah. a, you know, become a bigger fish in a bigger pond basically is my yeah. goal. And, um, yeah. And I've got enough credits, you know, I've got enough, you know, cool logos and other stuff, you know, like this year I've done some stuff for MasterCard and BMW and the Sheraton hotels and, you know, all sorts and a couple other places. So it's like, and then on top of that, I'd already had stuff for, you know, like Nike and Apple and Reebok and NBC and Comcast and, you know, um, the Queen Mary. I did something for them uh, about a year ago yeah, down in Long Beach. Oh, um, nice. They have this thing called um, the, 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 the Queen Mary Chill event during Christmas time where they like, you know, they make like an ice rink and like they have like these different, they have all these like different things going on down there. And like, I think it was two years ago now, it was... 15 different vignettes but all completely sculpted out of ice from a christmas carol oh cool. and i did all of the voices except for scrooge which was my friend jesse and the female voices and then did all of the sound design and audio stuff so you know it's like a half a million people or something like that go through that thing in like the month that it's month and a half that it's there right and that was all my audio. Like I would look it up like online, look at reviews, look at, you know, like watch people do YouTube walkthroughs and stuff. It's a little obnoxious just because they have to have like, you know, cause it is solid ice. So they do have to have like those generators going, but it was still cool to like see people like walking through and I'm like, Oh, there I am. That's me. You know, that was me <laughs> in my basement, you know, just sitting. And then now all these people are enjoying it, you know, yeah, it is cool. So yeah, I'm hoping that, you know, with, and then the, a bunch of people, like when I lived down there before, cause I went down 10 years ago for music school and, um, for, for percussion. And then, you know, I came back, um, and now like, I'm kind of, I'm more focused cause I'm, you know, I'll be 36 in September. So it's like, I'm more focused. I'm not some 25 year old kid having a quarter life crisis is like, I didn't go to college. What am I doing? You right, know, right now I'm like, I know what I'm doing. I'm good at what I'm doing and I can afford to be down there. And now like some of the people that I knew down there that were just starting out are working on shows, you know, doing well as comedians, whatever it is. So it's like, I've got enough people that like when I show back up, I can, you know, start doing stand up. And, you know, I know some people at least like not saying that they'll, you know, give me a boost up, but at least like I kind of know some people and I feel comfortable and, yeah. you know, and, and then, you know, with voiceovers and all that kind of stuff too. Yeah, man. But, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been an interesting, it's definitely been an interesting year. Uh, it'll be, it'll be interesting, uh, to see where we're at in a year, uh, as long as, you know, uh, the powers that be don't do something stupid and get us all blown up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man. That whole situation. Yeah, man, that, you know, like I was going to actually ask you if you were still doing stand-up because I haven't really seen anything online of you doing stand-up. But, yeah, man, L.A., the comedy store is, like, is gold right now, man. That's, like, that's, like, the spot. It's, like, Mecca right now. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of took time off because once my business started, 
going. I I didn't have time. To, I didn't have leisure time mm. for, you know, from about December and until about July or so when I raised my prices. I didn't really have much leisure time. I was working 14 hours a day, six to seven days a week, and you know, just editing, recording, editing, going here, doing this, doing stuff with the kids, taking them to school, you know, all, all that sort of stuff, editing, and then in between everything, recording, editing, recording, editing. And so now it's kind of freed up, and I started doing it again. And um, yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun to get back on stage and, and, and start, you know, thinking of new ideas, new premises and all that sort of stuff. So, but yeah, I, I figure I'm going to, you know, I got to save for a car. So I'll be here for, you know, um, I'll be here for probably until about like, I think the first of the year. And then I, I'll, I'll hopefully I'll save for my car then. And, and I want to get a new one. I want to get a new car because, you know, I, I want a, I want the warranty and I want like, you know, nothing no one has touched the car there couldn't be necessarily something wrong with it and if right. there is then the then the, Take the dealer right the manufacturer back. yeah yep. owes me a new car exactly but so yeah i gotta save for one of those when's but, the uh, last time you that, had a new car uh when i bought one in 2002 wow wow <laughs> and then i i did about 150 something thousand miles on it and it actually blew up on me in los angeles two months after i paid it off <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, like i paid it off i was like yeah i'm a fucking adult <laughs> and then like i went down to start it one morning i was like what the fuck <laughs> yeah and in la of all places for it to shit out man that place is oh man yeah. la and you know what I used to have such a disdain feelings towards uh, of L.A., but like it. Yeah. After working for the last you know couple of years, working it, working the city and stuff, just playing music. And yeah. Stuff, it's not a bad town. It just was my point of view. It was me projecting. Yeah, there's a lot of dipshit, like plastic people out there who are just oh, sure. you know trying to sniff up someone's ass, but. Yeah, it, it's just. I mean, there's still cool people there. There's still, you know, there's still oh, sure. things going on there. I mean, it is. I mean, that is what's going on. You know, L.A. is what's going on. So, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, awesome. and I've got some ideas. I've got some. Uh, I've got some some stuff that I've been sort of you know producing and getting sort of you know going on the on the sort of ground floor here because it's definitely cheaper to live here in Oregon. So, like, I'm definitely, you know, getting things kind of the ball rolling here with certain projects and certain ideas. So when I go down there, I can have sort of something to show. And then, you know, I'm specifically speaking of this animated series, uh, this sort of kids animated series that I really want to do. But uh, I've already got like sort of a 45 second animated teaser trailer thing of it. And then I'm I'm writing the sort of show Bible and like the outline of the first 10 episodes, that kind of thing. And. You know, and I'm going to make a, a sort of audio pilot presentation because it'll just be like one of those half cartoons, you know, like regular show or Adventure Time or whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so it'll be like an 11 minute deal. And um, and so I'm going to make like the audio pilot presentation version version of that and then uh, maybe pay a friend to sort of do like a very sort of basic animatic uh, of it, you know, that he could like put over it and right. that sort of thing. Right. Just but, you know. The basic kind of outline, figuring out all that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah, and but I want the I want the the you know there's going to be music, there's going to be sound effects, the voices are going to be there. Um, yeah, it's called uh, Timmy Thomas Kid Gumshoe, and it's this little boy. You know, it's like my version of Calvin and Hobbes, basically, because okay. that was that. It's my favorite thing in the entire world is Calvin and Hobbes, and. <laughs> Has, Calvin Hobbes taught me how to read, man. That in the comics, the comic page in in the paper, like I would read that every morning the second I kind of knew how to read. Yeah. And then uh, Calvin, you know, they 
the guy who wrote it, uh, Bill Watterson, like he wrote Calvin like as an adult. And so like I would always ask my parents, like, what does this word mean? What does this mean? You know, yeah. and, and so they would. So I got a good education from just reading Calvin and Hobbes. And so like so it's Timmy Thomas Kid Gumshoe and it's this little boy. It's this little like eight year old boy and his wiener dog. But it's kind of like also mixes in like Encyclopedia Brown, so they're they're, they're kind of like solving mysteries like always. And so he's like in a little trench coat and a fedora, you know. And he's um, he's got a very high voice. His name is Timmy Thomas, and uh, and then his wiener dog Scotch is uh, has Patrick Warburton's voice. Oh no, you know. So it's this. Uh, hey Timmy, yeah. Now I don't think I'm going to help you solve the mystery today. So uh, go ahead, go out there. <laughs> Come on, Scotch. We gotta go outside and solve the mystery. Yeah, no, I'm gonna sit here and probably lick my crotch. So. <laughs> now, is this gonna be four kids, or is it gonna be like an animation? Oh, I just—that's always my joke. But yeah, right. no, it's it's gonna be. I think kind of like a SpongeBobby thing where yeah. it's it's very much four kids, um, but like there's enough a great adult humor uh, in it that like because that's the only thing I know. Like the theme park I work at. Um, just up the I five from where you're at right now. It's called this place called Enchanted Forest. Oh, I've seen and the signs for those. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, that's the theme park. That's where I'm dressing up as a woman at. Nice. And so you know, it's it's fractured fairy tales. So like we're singing and we're dancing, in and like doing pratfalls and running into walls and you know, that sort of stuff. But then there's also like the pop culture jokes and sort of the 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 sort of thing. So like the adults can laugh too and that sort of thing. Right. And that's just. You know, I've done almost 3,000 shows out there Holy at this shit. point uh, on that stage. So it's like I know that world. I know that sort of style of comedy very well. And that, that, that works very, very well, I think, for kind of what I want to do with, with Timmy Thomas and that sort of stuff. Um, I just sort of need to time it right because my buddy who, who did the animation, he's you know he's got stuff of his own that he's you know you know working on and he's got he's got some deals and stuff that I can't talk about but like he's got some stuff going on with some fucking very very cool people that I'm like man I hope that goes because then I have an in on this thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, I was like, I mean, you know, good for you, but, you know, help a brother out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But but better for me. But better for me. Yeah. No, that, but, but you know, like, that's how it works. I mean, even even on a small scale, like, like musician-wise, like, I know my friends are going to, if someone calls me, is like, hey, I need a bass player. I'm going to call my friend before I'm going to call, you know, some, you know, just random person that I, I'm not cool with. So, I mean, it's like. I'm going to offer to play bass before I call someone else. <laughs> right. Well, exactly. That's, that's what I, that's, that's how I do it. Yeah. It, yeah. Cause, exactly. cause I mean, that's the thing about being you a multi- play You play a little bit of everything. Right. right? Exactly. Multi-instrumentalist. I feel like as long as you have a good sense of, you know, music, you can kind of just jump in wherever you kind of fit in. And yeah. so, and then like over this last year, like reggae, which is the easiest form of music to play ever. I mean, way easier than yeah. blues. It's like, you just are, it didn't, 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 you know, I've been, yeah. that's been working out the best for me, which I didn't even like reggae at first. You know, I like Bob Marley, yeah. but this white boy shit is like, kind of gets on my nerves. But I uh, <laughs> I like basically I like the I like the the bastardized version of it, which is like you know whatever Sublime did, obviously cool. Yeah, I'm I'm down with that. But then uh, the ska punk shit, like Less Than Jake and Suicide yeah. Machines. Yeah. Uh, and then even the funnier side of it, like Real Big Fish. Yeah, you know, those, those guys are fucking hilarious. But those motherfuckers can play like their live show. 
off the fucking hook. Yeah, man. So fucking good. I've, I, I used to. And, you know, it kind of mixes in the distortion, but then also like the clean stuff. You know, I, I love all that shit. Yeah, man. That shit's cool, man. The Boston's. Yeah, man. I, yeah. I dig. I, I dig that shit too, man. And and, there, and I'm 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 generalizing when I say white boy reggae because there are some bands oh, yeah. who, who who fucking hold it down. There's some really good bands out oh, there. Oh, for sure. But um, you know, a lot of it's just like fuck. Why are but you? But usually it's the fucking white guys that ruin it. <laughs> exactly. They steal it and then shit on it. You know, what you know, wearing their fucking flip flops and shit. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> I love that reaction. Oh god, you know exactly what I'm talking well, about. Well, dude, it's like because I play nothing but these reggae festivals all the time so sure. it's like i'm there and i just hear these people talking and the way they'll be like oh bless up job bless i'm like bitch you grew up in anaheim what the fuck do you <laughs> yeah, know about the struggle of fucking jamaicans fuck what do you know yeah. you know what i mean like get the fuck out of yeah. my face but you know whatever <laughs> it's it, i i love the community now and like it's just like anything you grow into you start to like what you're doing and like it's fun now yeah. and i get to you know Anyways, so I, I checked out that Clerks short that you did. I, I dug it, man. Oh, it, and it, oh, good. I'm glad. Thank you. Um, I like it. Seemed to me like there was a lot of production that went into that, and just for <laughs> such a. I mean, like so. And I was just curious on how involved you were, other than you oh, know, that's all me. That's all you. Like you're doing the sound effects. You're doing the the music. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to to a certain. I mean, I, I will, I will. It's sort of a, a long story that I'm happy to tell because I haven't really got to talk about it too much, and you know. For as good as I think it is, and I think, and I rarely think what I do is good. <laughs> I think that is good, nice. and it's got less. It's got less than five hundred views, and that pisses me off. So, <laughs> like, I'm, I, I'm like trying to, yeah, I'm trying to get this thing like it at least over a thousand views. Right. But like, yeah, the um, so you know, if anybody out there listening uh, hasn't seen Clerks, uh, you know, it's a Kevin Smith, black and white, it's his first film, and it really, you know, made him pop, went to Sundance, and all that sort of stuff, and I was listening to, um, I was listening to his podcast, Smodcast, and it was like a year and change ago, it was like last April or something like that, and and he was talking about how on a podcast he gets the musical rights back to Clerks in 2017, and I started thinking, like, I had this little 90-second piece, like, basically the first three little vignettes, like, where I'm sitting at the piano, we walk on stage, and then where that little guy pops up behind the counter. Yeah. So it's like, that's all the music I had at that point, about a year and a half ago. Oh. And I'd had it for five years. I wrote it with my buddy. I wrote it with my buddy Richard. You know, I was I had just moved back from California, and, and like, I was... In California, I was working at like you know uh, uh, as a bathroom attendant at a nightclub and teaching tap dance, and I worked thirty eight hours a month and made anywhere from eight to twelve grand a month. Wow! Because uh, you know I started managing the bathroom attendant thing. And it was a four layer club, so I got a percentage of everybody's stuff, and then you know a percentage of the month or something like that for for managing because it was the um, only club that they had in Hollywood ever they're San Diego based and so like oh. they didn't they didn't want to drive up every single weekend so they would just drive up at the end of the month and I would you know I would go to the bank and get like larger you know sets of bills so they didn't just have because like it was the stupidest thing in my apartment like I would take everybody's percentage that they paid to the company and and then I had and I I would have like I had this little uh end table thing that had like a little cupboard in it that's about two feet tall and about eight inches deep or whatever 
and that would just be stacked with money like by the end of the month and it's like i would open the door and i would have to like press it down to put more money on top you know it would yeah. just be full yeah the- and uh and and then it's like i would put it all in a backpack all with like rubber bands oh like certain some people like my my roommate he would bring friends over and like and then, like, if I knew they were cool or whatever, like, I would, uh, on, on those days, like, I would take it out and put it in my back, and they would just, like, see these rubber band things full of money, and they would just look at me, I'm like, oh, drug dealer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they were like, oh, okay. And then the ladies at the bank, I told them I, I was a male stripper, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, uh, they're like, fuck, stripping game is good, you're, you bring in shit loads of, but I yeah. always had it in a backpack, and, like, I was rollerblading to the bank or whatever, and I, <laughs> This fucking U.S. U.S. Bank at the end of Hollywood Boulevard near like Koreatown or something like yeah. that, and like I would rollerblade there with like you know fifteen thousand dollars in my backpack or something like. That. I I don't know why, but I just got this like image of of like a younger fit Bentley like with his shirt off and like Daisy Duke shorts like with like <laughs> like the headphones in and like the headband oh, and, and the aviators just skating into the bank yeah. with all this money just. Being yeah. You're not far off. Definitely younger. Definitely skinnier. But yeah, no, I I wore dicky shorts. Oh. Um, uh, yeah, I was. A, well, I'm a Blink fan. Okay. You know, so I got that San Diego thing. Hey. You know, I've been since I was like 12 years old. Somebody gave me a a, a Cheshire Cat. Mm. They copied a Cheshire Cat tape for me, and I was like, these guys are fucking hilarious. Like, <laughs> who taught you to throw the dick down the stairs? But like, uh, but in high school football hero, like where they're like making fun of it's like song number four on Cheshire Cat. But like a dog, he's loyal to his bone. I was just like, dude, who who like does jokes in in the middle of a fucking recorded song? This is hilarious. Um, but like, yeah, I um, I so I had the, I had like that first ninety seconds I'd written with my m- m- one of my best friends, Richard, and uh, and and then I just kind of put it away because I couldn't think of anything else. And then I heard that, and I was like, fuck, I could kind of like transform that in because it was all about like you know terrible customers anyway. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I could do that, and then. So then I approached my my buddies, um, the uh, the Bakers, BakerBrothersMedia.com. Um, I've known them. Their their grandfather is, is the one who built the Enchanted Forest. So I've known them since they were little kids. Oh, right on. And they've got their own video production company. You know that that's what they do. And um, I was like, dude, fuck yeah! Like, uh, I was like, I kind of like pulled together a meeting with them and, and was like, hey, so. Um, I've got this idea, and I wanted to know, like, I'm happy to pay your day rates, or maybe pay you in friendship, and they decided on friendship, <laughs> oh, which I appreciated. That's nice. But, uh, um, because, you know, they do a lot of corporate videos, commercials, weddings, that sort of stuff, you know, they just did some really cool stuff for these, like, Red Bull-sponsored kayakers that are, that are fucking out of their goddamn minds. <laughs> Extreme kayaking? Them. Yeah, yeah, they like some of the they filmed they've been filming some of those competitions and shit like yeah. that. It's fucking crazy. They showed me the footage. It's awesome. They're like following them down the river with like their drone and shit oh, and it's shit. oh, it's badass. Nice. And um and so I was like, you know, what do you think? And they're like, cool. Uh, yeah, we're into it. And I was like, okay, great. Uh well, let's set another production meeting and then that's sort of, and then we'll go through it like more next time. They're like, well, kind of walk us through it now. Like, what are you thinking? And I didn't have anything, but I couldn't let them know that. So I was like, okay, um okay and then basically i proceeded for like the next 15 minutes to like improv and vomit out what you saw on screen it's not that much different than what i said the first time i was like okay we'll start over here and then the curtains will open and this will happen and this thing and this thing and boom 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 and it's 
almost exactly like. And then the next time we got together, we shot it four times and uh, through four times. And then that was the, the the finals. Like you saw it fifth. I was I was like rehearsing them like theater because I knew we would have very little amount of time. And we were you know there's a lot of setups in that. You know yeah. there's a lot of you know different angles and different stuff. And you know we're bringing in other people. You know background people, dancers, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so there like, was a lot into this. Yeah, and so like. Uh, we would rehearse and then, you know, and then the second time, you know, that, that was, and then the second time uh, we did it, we had the script. And so we went through that. And then third time we had the lenses and the lighting rig and we went through that and they were like kind of deciding which lens. And then the fourth time we sort of fine tuned the lenses thing and any sort of questions, you know, that they had had with me. And then the fifth time we shot and, um, and we shot uh, all of the black and white stuff, uh, which sort of sandwiches the front end. We shot all of that on a Saturday from like um, 9 a.m. to about 3 p.m. And then all of the dancing stuff was shot on a Sunday from about uh, 8.30. We got there at 8.30 and left at 10.45 at night. 8.30 a.m. and left at 10.45 at night. That's a long day. So and, and, yeah. and I assume that no one was really getting paid or anything? Like everybody started doing it? Uh, I, paid, I paid everyone involved except for the guy who plays Randall uh, uh he has the um he's got the back to the future 2 color hat uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um that's my buddy Jared and that's his comedy club and he owns that so oh, i knew so it's like the Robert Rodriguez thing of like in El Mariachi he had like a guitar dog and a bus and so he knew that's what he was going to put into it and so it's like i knew i had a comedy club that didn't have any windows so i could shoot there all day and like it wouldn't fucking matter right and and so yeah i um that's that so he didn't get paid but like my buddy kent wilson who uh helped me orchestrate my ideas on the piano he's a wonderful piano player he just got done um playing beauty and the beast down in ashland oh. uh the, they're doing a production down there so he knows musicals yeah and he he was record he was recommended to me by like one of the uh one of the backup dancers because i couldn't find a piano player like i would approach these like i knew of some piano players so like i would go out to the bar that they were playing at on the weekend and i go Hey man, this is what I'm doing. I'm happy to like. Do you teach lessons and stuff? And they go, Yeah. I'm like, Okay. Well, I'm happy to pay you your lesson rate if you sit down, like, help me orchestrate because I'd like written everything on guitar. Yeah. And I'm not the greatest piano player, so it's like I, I'd written everything on guitar, and some of it was chords, some of it was licks, and then like, you know, uh, to like, so I needed, I just basically I needed an, an arranger and an orchestrator in a lot of ways for the piano, and so I finally found kent and in two hours we took all of my garbage and we just went straight through the musical from top to bottom and you know and that was after i'd written it because like once the baker said okay i went okay crap now i have to write a musical and so i went home <laughs> and you know and uh took a hit and uh and was like all right let's write a musical right and and then like you know and then I wrote like five and a half minutes of music in about two hours, like all the lyrics and all the all the different stuff and, you know, thinking about. But, you know, it's like I'd been thinking about it for so long that like it, it was just one of those things that the idea just like flew right out of me. Yeah, know? yeah, totally. And and so, yeah. I, and so then we got with Kent and it was, it's really cool. I still have the audio. I go, you know, we, we've gone from front to back on all the lyrics here. Um, we should probably do like a run through. So I just set my phone down. I was like, I'll turn pages and sort of cue you for different ideas. He goes, great. And so I hit record and you, you kind of like, I'm singing all the, all the different parts and then kind of like, and don't forget this here. And then like, you hear me turning pages and stuff, but it's almost exactly what ends up on screen musically. Oh, well that- And then, 
And then after that, you know, I started recording. I started getting my buddies like Jesse. He's the he's the dude in the tuxedo. Um, that uh, that's my buddy Jesse that like walks off. Then my buddy Dash is the dude who pops up behind the counter with us. Um, one of the Baker brothers is actually the dude who's on the toilet, and that was sort of like the, you know the homage to like you know the dead guy uh, or the guy dying on the toilet in Clerks. Right. Okay. And then. Um, and then, uh, and then all of those, those, uh, all those background dancers that were there for like the big end waltz number. Those are all actors and actresses that I work with out at the Enchanted Forest. They all got paid twenty bucks. I was like, hey, y'all want to make twenty bucks? That- and they're like, what? And I was like, I was like, come down and like do this little dance thing with me in the background. You know, get some. You know, and they go, yeah, sure, great. You know, because I've worked with them for a couple years now, and uh, you know, during the summer and stuff. And so they're fine. Did that and then, uh, you know, would record people's voices because obviously it's all pre recorded, you know, it's all lip sync and stuff like that. So, um, and then our, our buddy Kent, there's two, there's two specific times where Jared, like, there's that, that sort of sexy Chicago breakdown where it's like the blue, sexy lighting in the yeah, background yeah, and yeah. stuff. That is Kent singing for Jared. And then the very end where it's the waltz, that is Kent singing for Jared. Did, and, uh, did you guys have any trouble um, doing the overdubs? Was that a, an issue at all? Or because, uh-uh. Nice. I mean, I, I mean, I don't think so. Like, I mean, I, ha- I went in, I recorded Kent to a metronome. You know, we did it in sections because it's all a bunch of different things. Yeah. You know, all a bunch of different tempos. And then... I w- and then I pieced it all together and I recorded all of my vocals and then scratch vocals for everyone else and ah. send it out to everybody and said like here's your parts this is the timing match it to this gotcha. and then they all just sort of came in and knocked it out you know they, they they did their thing and I just mixed it all together and then we shot with only the vocals and the piano track and then I put out a Craigslist ad and and got this really great composer out of New York named Justin Bartu who's got like all of those great realistic you know east-west strings, cine samples, cine strings, you know, all those libraries that are real-life musicians recorded. Yeah. And he's got a bunch of cool jazz ones as well, you know, which really helped with, like, a lot of the brass work and stuff. And basically, I just sent him, like, a bunch of MIDI mock-ups of, like, so here's sort of my idea. Like, this is all I can really articulate because I don't have the libraries. You know, I just have whatever Logic 9 has. And I was like, so, but here are, like, the melodies. Here's kind of what I'm thinking. And then I would kind of go through and... I have like I had like a commentary MP3 for like each section because I broke it down into basically nine sections. Like basically, whenever we cut to like a sort of little different vignette or whatever, that's like a different section. And so yeah, I just broke it down for him and said, "Here's what I'm thinking." I would like he would get these texts from me, like where he would send me something, and then it would just be like me going like, "No, no, like the horn should be like a." You know, like I'm like doing shit like that <laughs> yeah, into my yeah. phone or whatever. I'm like, I'm like, you know, or like really elongate that trombone. You know, I'm doing all this crazy crap or whatever. And I, I paid, I paid Kent, I paid Justin, um, I paid the dancers, um, and and then uh, you know, at the end, you know, after you, Marvel credit sequence here, kids, my buddy Josh, uh, coming full circle, who did Timmy Thomas, he. He drew um, Jay and Silent Bob in the uh, in the Clerks animated series style. Yeah, and then he's the one who made them come alive at the end, like the animation that came alive. Oh, nice. Yeah, and so and he's worked for Kevin before. He did he did animation work on the movie Tusk, where they turned Justin Long into a walrus. Yeah, yeah, and. And so he he got two cutscenes. Like one of them was like this, and I can't remember what it was for. But then one of them is just like you know the the smotimation style of like you know them 
animating the podcast basically right. that Kevin's you know known for. He had worked on those before before Tusk and so he had done a bunch of those like he did like the emo Kev stuff and he did like a Bing Crosby one and, and a bunch of other stuff and so I knew his work because of that because I was also doing um, for another one of Kevin's animators um, Steve Stark and he's the guy who did like Jane Silent Bob's super groovy cartoon movie yeah and, yeah yeah I, I think I remember so I was some doing of voice cartoons I think I- yeah he did like the whole first season of Smotimations by himself okay. and and then, um, and so like I was working for him for his YouTube channel and, and so like I just, they had a podcast together and I knew, I knew Josh and Steve was busy, I believe animating, uh, cause I asked him first because he has a very recognizable style. And so I was like, you know, I want, but then I asked Josh to ape the clerk's cartoon style and, and then I got stickers made and everything and. Yeah, it, it was it was a great time, like sort of guerrilla filmmaking, because like you know that shot where I pull up in the car in black and white at the very beginning with the traffic and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We tried to shoot that five times, and that was the first take, and it's the only one that worked, like the, <laughs> with how, the perfect way of traffic flowing and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, and then being there all day and 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 being in charge of a project like that, it was it was pretty nuts because there there was one time where after we shot the first shot of the day and it's like me and the two dudes and like one of the my buddy Jesse who's the big tipper and then and Jared they all like we watched the shot and then I see these heads like look back at me I'm like yeah good and Jared kind of like leaned over to me he's like uh you got to tell us if you want to move on or you want another take because you're you're the director and I was like <laughs> oh fuck I'm the director oh right it's my fault we're all here holy shit <laughs> Okay, yeah, no. Um, let's shoot one more and then let's move on. <laughs> you know, I was just like, oh fuck, you know. And then throughout the day, sort of setting the tone because I was doing a lot. You know, physically, like, you know, all there's a lot of movement. There's a lot of motion. Yeah, there's well, a there's lot a lot of, of choreography. I was gonna say that. I mean, like, I, you did all the choreography as well. Yeah. Damn, man, that's a lot to fucking. That's a lot. But that's that's amazing. <laughs> like to me, like that's amazing. Like. Putting together choreography and and something like that—that's just—it like makes me tired thinking about it. Like it's exhausting <laughs> just thinking about all that shit. It's like I don't even like—I don't even like being an MD. I don't want—I don't even like having to. You know what I mean? Like I don't even like that mm-hmm. position. I just like okay, this is what we're doing. All right, sweet. So I, I commend that. So so uh, fuck, dude. So you. Well, were, didn't you say you were going to try to show it to Kevin too or something? Like I remember we Oh yeah, um he was he was here about a month ago or something mm-hmm. like that up at a comedy club, you know, doing one of his Q&A things or whatever. Yeah. And um and so after after the show like we knew because um because of Jared, he knew somebody that worked there and and so he got us sat down like right down front like right where he comes on stage so he has to walk by us to leave nah and so like right when the show was getting ready to start like he was like hey do you guys want to move down the those people didn't show up i was like fuck yeah and i had like i had one of the little jay and silent bob stickers yeah you know because the, the premise of the the premise of the musical for the for the people listening is that dante and randall have it starts off in black and white dante and randall they're having a live podcast taping that night uh, their hockey podcast and then, you know, and then, you know, shit goes awry. And, um, you know, and, and the first part of the film is very reminiscent of Clerks. You know, right. we did the sort of opening montage, like how they're opening the quick stop and shit, like, and it's all in black and white. And I tried to make it like as, you know, with as many inside jokes to Clerks and, you know, visual stylistically, you know, to to that. 
And then, you know, it kind of shows like this perfect room and then it's all fucked up. And that's sort of, you know, an homage to like when they fight at the end of Clerks and like the place is trashed or whatever. And, you know, and then Randall goes, ooh, table brownie. And he just starts eating this brownie. Well, the brownie has drugs in it, kids. (laughs) And then he, you don't see it at the time, but then like what happens is like, you know, it ends up fading to color. And, like, you know, we're dressed like Dante and Randall. I tried to get, like, the look, you know, exactly right, you know. And, like, all of the dancers, all the backup dancers, like, I sent out, like, the posters of Clerks. And I felt really weird because most of those people, they're, they're, like, they just graduated high school. And, like, I mean, I've worked with them for, like, the last two years. So, like, I met them when they were 16. But, like, I was, like, I sent out, like, this group text. I was, like, all right. Here, here's a bunch of po- like this is the look we're looking for and thank god that look is kind of like back in really yeah you yeah know, the like, 90s thing yeah and I was like and I was like you know so this is kind of the look we're going for please send me a picture of like a couple of options of like something that you have and 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 I'll, and I'll approve it and so I started getting these you know there's only like seven of them or whatever but I got texts from like these seven like 18 year old kids or whatever like you know, to all taking pictures in front of a mirror. I was like, God, I feel fucking creepy. <laughs> like, it wasn't until like it wasn't until the picture started coming in that I like I was out of work mode. You know, like I I, I started. I was like, okay, yeah, that's good. That that one's good. That one's good. And then it was like later on that night, I was like kind of scroll. Like I saved in my phone so I could like scroll through them and kind of like you know look at like look at them next to like I brought up like the clerk's pictures like on my computer. So I was like holding my phone up to the. So I was like, okay, good, good. That's yeah. Use this one. Hey, mix and match this thing with this thing i was like cool and then it's like i had those pictures like in my phone for a couple days or whatever because i you know i just was like whatever i wasn't thinking about it but then like i went back i was like oh yeah oh dude this looks fucking creepy as shit (laughs) (laughs) just like a bunch of high school kids sending me pictures of them dressed weird and shit (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah i mean i was i've yeah, I, I, the Corey, but so then, you know, then, you know, it opens up and like those curtains open up and I, I really wish that like I had shot it like a little, with a little bit more like stuff in the foreground so you could really tell that it was black and white because when the curtains open up, it's still black and white. And as it opens, that shot is, it's basically, it becomes color from the center and the black and white is pushed out, but there wasn't enough shit in the foreground that was well lit enough to like really get that sort of visual thing that I was trying to do. But then it becomes color and it becomes like a Gene Kelly MGM musical. And then, you know, and then we know big old song and dancing at the end, I popped out into the splits and then like it cuts back to Randall and he kind of like, you know, fades back into black and white. And then like, we're back in like into reality and that kind of shit. And then, um, and like I said, show's not over until you see Jay and silent Bob, but, uh, (laughs) yeah, direct directing do not like Jared, not if you really look at him, not the most coordinated man in the world, and um, and so it was. We were we were working on that. We were working on him and me dancing together for months in advance, like that thing, like where it's him and me, like doing those kind of couple tap steps together. And I kept simplifying and simplifying, and finally I would just be like, okay, you. That's why there's like there's so many things of him like doing like little poses, like why I'm actually dancing because I was like, this is this is all you can do. (laughs) Like, like he is not getting it. And, uh, and I had actually taught him to tap dance once before for like this award show. Cause they, they hold like an award show at the theater and stuff for like the improv people. So he, he was familiar with one thing. So I got him to tap, to tap like on one of the things, but then all those other people, you know, for all the waltzing stuff at the end, like, um, originally what was going to happen is like, I had to, I ended up firing somebody and like getting somebody else like that, that, that dude that pops up from behind the counter near the beginning, 
he was actually going to be dancing with the blonde that I was dancing with, and I was going to be dancing with, you know, waltzing with Jared, and I was actually going to be send, singing the end thing. But then, like, a week before we shot, I was like, ah, fuck. Okay, well, move that guy to here. I'll do that. Then we got to get, then Jared will sing the end. Oh, right. Jared isn't the greatest at holding a tune. We'll get Kent to sing it for him. Yeah. So he sounds like a beautiful baby angel. And, um,. <laughs> Yeah, it's very very tough. It's the it's the most ambitious thing I've ever tried to do and and I knew I knew it was a good thing when like as it got closer I was like I just want to I'm just going to call it off. I'll just say no, just joking. Yeah. Like everyone keep the money I gave them and also just joking. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz I was so scared like and I was getting like I was kind of like Dude, this is like way. I what the fuck was I thinking, man? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, this is like way out of my fucking league here. Well, and, well, and and now to see it like finish, I'm like, oh, dude, I want to write. I want to write a feature script, and I want to direct a feature film. Like that. That was like my immediate thing afterwards. You see, the customers they come in all shapes and sizes. And there's nothing they could do that would ever surprise us. But that being said, we're people. Just a couple of jets. Slaving away for your pleasure. Just trying to pay our rent. Now we don't ask for much. Just a plea for your kindness. Because it's in your mall banker's store in which you'll find us. So this one's for you. Call it a ballad of the clerks. A musical example of how to pick out those jerks. They are usually impossibly and altogether plausibly the most insane type of breed. They're also kind of lazy with a touch of tepid crazy if you know just what I mean. So when you're saying that they're bastards, and I mean it, I'm just asking because things aren't always as they seem. The main point of your tivis is just stay out of my business. Don't take your day out on me. Don't take your day out on me. So when they come and look at that could be a husband or your dad, their fists are always clenched and white. It doesn't matter how you act or if you give their money back, the customer's always right. I want a newborn baby! We don't sell them. Wasn't asking, I'm unruly and demand these things. I'm pissed and I deserve it, could care less on how you serve it. Don't take your day out on me. Don't take your day out on me. Me, oh my. I'm just having the worstest day. I know what to do. I'll think of the shittiest thing to say. Then find me a worker and explode like that asshole Michael Bay. Oh, I feel so much better. But you're the worst forgot your keys. Now you're calling AAA. Now you've been warned of all the signs and that customer that whines and will never care what you do. You can do what you're told. You can turn him into gold and still just a big fuck you. Keep the change. It's a penny. That's more than you deserve already. Now excuse me while I take this call. I'm mad that I'm sad and given up just a tad. They took their day out on me. They took their day out on me. I'm just a clerk. And you just use and abuse me. I'm just trying to do my work. And you keep trying to get me down. And out with judgment from above, then plague me with sorrow and doubt when I've got a 24 karat case of love. Oh no, sir, this game I won't 
As clerks, we develop special reflexes, moves that help us survive the onslaught of the riffraff we meet day to day. That's true. The first and most basic combo is the cool your jets. Oh, that's a classic. But what happens if you have a parent holding a disgusting sick child who constantly wants to touch you with their mucus fingers? Then I'd employ the snot-nosed jive. Dante, that's all well and good, but there are times that a customer has you on the ropes. What do you do then? Improvise. Okay then, improvise. And now it's time we pick up the trash. And that's how we straight pick up the trash. Another big problem with these self-entitled degenerates is the lack of respect for the customer's only bathroom privileges. It becomes an even bigger problem with the no public restroom restriction. You always have that one person who thinks their circumstance is the golden ticket. Yeah, like this guy. Just buy some candy or Chulis gum Use the change in your pocket It can be a small sum Because I'm telling you Yes, I'm telling you you're not on the 86 list. That little film had to be like such an education to to what mm -hmm. goes into like something full length i mean that's a that's a dude like i when i watched it that like when i first watched it and then i saw like the so are you a fan of kevin and clerks i do yeah i love kevin smith i love his movies although tusk was like way out there for me i was like fuck dude mm -hmm. uh <laughs> And then there's another one he did, right? His last one that's supposed to be crazy. I haven't seen Yoga Hosers I haven't... with his daughter and Johnny Depp's daughter, yeah. yeah, who made a cameo appearance in uh, Tusk. They were the clerks. Ah, I got you. Yeah, they, um, the Tusk for me 
was just out there and i get it he's like in his career now where he's just getting high and fucking enjoying what he's doing but it's well they're they're starting to they're gonna shoot i think in like september they're shooting uh the jay and silent bob reboot oh they're doing what is it gonna be different people or are they doing it again no, they're doing it again. Oh, nice. That's why he's growing his hair out. Like, uh, yeah, they're doing the Jay and Silent Bob reboot, and basically Hollywood wants to reboot the Jay and Silent Bob franchise movie from the first uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah. And so then they're like, well, we've got to stop it, or you know, just going back to the well for it or whatever. <laughs> and my my I like my ultimate goal, like you know, if, you know, your audience, your your army, your we speak English good army. <laughs> if you can, like, follow me on Instagram or follow me on Twitter at Bentley Who, B-E-N-T-L-E-Y-W-H-O. And I have a pinned tweet um, at the very top, which is like my thing. And just start retweeting that motherfucker because it, it's tagged Kevin in it. Like, And the night that he was at Helium, I gave him a sticker. Like As he was walking upstairs, I was like, hey, man. And I handed him the sticker out first so he could see it. And he goes, oh, cool. And I went, I made a Clerks musical. I'm going to tweet you the link tonight. You can't stop watching until you see that. And he goes, all right, cool, man. And then, like, you know, he, like, ran into the green room because people were starting to come forward and stuff. Right, right. And then a couple hours later, I tweeted him, and he liked the tweet. Oh. And it was, like, about 20 minutes after I after I sent it. So either he saw it, so either he saw it, like, 20 minutes after and just liked it, or he saw the musical, and, like, I just wish he would have written back because they, they just made that... Um, <laughs> They they just like uh, uh, it's like the making of Clerks. It's like some guy made like a kind of like a, uh, a fictionalized version of how Clerks was made. I mean, based off of what everything Kevin has said. But he got actors to play all of the actors, you know, and Kevin and all those things. And like Kevin saw that, and they just they just showed that New Jersey like at, in Red Bank for something or whatever, you know. Like, they just showed it for something, and he was there, and, you know, it was, like, when they were filming Comic Book Men or something like that. So I was like, I mean, not for nothing, but this is, you know, this is, like, this is just as cool, I think. Like, I mean, it's not a feature-length film, but, I mean, this is just as cool of an idea, Yeah, I think. Yeah. And so, like, I want, I just, I haven't heard confirmation from him specifically, and I've, you know, I've tagged, like, other cast members in tweets or, like, Instagram posts or Marilyn Gigliotti, the girl, the dark-haired girl who played Veronica, she liked, she liked one of the posts, so maybe she watched it, but I haven't heard anything from Brian, who played Dante, and, uh, or uh, Jason Muse. like, I've, I've, you know, tried to tag several people doing several things, but... I've got his uh, I've got his agent's contact number, so I may just be like, "Hey, man, <laughs> will you make sure he fucking watches this and just just tell him tell me tell him to tell me what I said? I just need to know if my daddy likes it." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, I mean, you put so much into something, and then all you want is just to like, how do people feel about it? You know, and especially who yeah. was made the guy who created. I just wanted to go, hey. That was cool because I know he likes musicals. Like I know he likes that stuff, right. and I was like, "Oh, this is a home run." He's he's going to beg me <laughs> to like to like help him do a musical number for like his next uh, for for James Silent Bob Reboot. He's going to see this and be like, "Oh, dude, we got to put a musical number." And I was like, "You know what, Kev? That's a great idea. Let me help you." <laughs> I got I got all that the was like my baby. big fantasy, and I was like, and I was like, well. And then the reality is like, well, he liked my tweet. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, man, at least at least he took the time. I'm sure tons of people are tagging him in a lot of things. And oh, I'm sure. So the fact that he even pushed that little like, I mean, that's that's cool on its own behalf. 
my buddy had yeah my buddy when bill burr was still it was on myspace my bud, oh bill burr's the best he's one of my favorite comedians he's amazing his podcast is the best you like his podcast like i don't like the oh my god shit, he is so. no no he's like my favorite fucking comedian yeah he's like, great he's great People, people like come up to me and they're just like, you know, I've had this several times. They're just like, dude, you fucking, you go on stage and you just murder, man. Like you go on stage and like, you don't give a shit. And they're, they're like, they're like, I've never seen somebody who's only been doing it for like three years. Like is, I'm like, they're, they're like, you've got your own ideas. You got, I was like, no, not really. Like (laughs) I was like, I'm just doing Bill Burr. And they're like, what? I was like, I mean, I'm not delivering my jokes like him because I don't. I tell a lot of long stories and shit like that. I was like, but my mentality when I go up there is how I hear him on his podcast. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm aping his aura or his persona, not, not, not how he speaks or delivers his jokes, but you know, just his sort of general persona or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I noticed, I, I just noticed the other day I downloaded, uh, the, uh, Brian Regan's 2015 record. I think it's from radio city. And I was listening to it. And like halfway through it, I kept going like, "Why does this delivery sound?" And like how he tags joke, and I was like, "Oh, Jim Gaffigan does it this way." Oh, interesting. Like you know, and the- I was like, "Holy crap!" You know, they 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 deliver jokes very very. I'm sure Jim Gaffigan is, has been you know influenced by Brian, right? But he's like, been around. yeah, I mean, and they're both clean, right? They both. I know Jim Gaffigan is, but Regan, he's clean as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he says like Helen Dam or yeah. something, but I mean, yeah, he's not talking about like jizzing and coming all <laughs> over the fucking place or whatever, you know, right? And saying fucking shit or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He's huge in Utah. Mormons love him. Well, shit. <laughs> I mean, you got magical underwear. I mean. You got you can you can love someone who doesn't swear, the <laughs> yeah exactly. The, um, no, I I, I, do, I really dig like I I I, do, I dig the ambition that you that you have. I dig like how you're just like Thanks, constantly man. grinding and 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 what I what I like and what I've discovered ever since like I became my own boss is that mm-hmm. um, and you see it in everyone else who just sort of works for themselves is that it's not just one thing that they're sort of got their hand in I mean some people do obviously but a lot of times yeah. when you're a small business in the arts at least your hands are in yeah. like a lot of different pots you know oh for sure because like for me it's like I'm a musician I, I teach um, I, we do after school programs and you know oh, like, cool. we work with the city we teach music because because uh, our crumbling school system allows us to privatize art and uh, music so we we can capitalize on you know our failing yeah. school system. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's awesome to see the way it should be. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I want to capitalize on other people's downtrodden misery. Um, but, but yeah, you you know, like, so with you kind of getting your business with your voiceover work has, and I was like that too, because I would, uh, when I first started, like, I mean, I need to revamp my website cause I'm, I'm working on new reels and stuff, but I've, it's that thing where it's like, I've been working and doing so much work that I haven't had time to like do what I used to do, which was like manage my website, right. get my marketing, do my stuff because all I'm doing is working now, which is awesome. Right. You know, I'm all all I'm doing is recording. I like I on average probably on average probably record three scripts a day, seven days a week. Wow, that is yeah. intense, what, man. And how long does it you take know, you? I know it depends on the size of a script, but um, um, 
like I did a I did an eleven page narration for Sheraton Hotels, which is kind of like it's like an internal training video type mm-hmm. of thing. And yeah, that was like I mean, with me fucking up and stuff in it, it was like seven seventeen minutes or something like oh, that. Oh, okay. And and that was sort of a longer thing. I try to stay away from long long form narration unless I and usually I just quote them super high. Yeah. But um but these people they had Sheridan's money. I didn't know that at the time. I was just like, um yeah, it's going to be like this much. And they went, "Yeah, no problem." I was like, "Fuck, I should have said more." <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you know, but cuz it was an immediate, "Yeah, that's fine. So, you know, send, send us the offer." And I was like, "Oh, you motherfuckers." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was no kind of like But yeah, you know, so and, but a lot of it is like little one-page thing, yeah. you know, little, you know, 2 2 to 400 words, super easy, you know, it's just like super easy yeah. and, and just knock it out and it's like wow cool that just took care of that bill yeah. and you know well, the, it's like I, I worked uh, I worked uh, you know and, and they come in you know throughout the day at different times so it's like you know wow. I'll be doing other stuff or like got the kids or I'm doing stuff and then it's like once I'm not going out to Enchanted Forest it won't be as bad because like it, it really started to pick up like in the spring and like you know I started doing rehearsals in April and then start performing in May and and so then I'm out there, you know, and then somebody who the other person who plays my part, you know, because we've got a couple of casts, the other person who plays my part ended up not being able to do it. So I've been out there six days a week all summer, basically. Wow. And uh, so I've been doing that, um, uh, you know, and, and then uh, so it's like I'll get up and, you know, at like 730 in the morning, record a couple scripts, edit them, send them off. You know, take my shower, shave up, so I can you know put on my makeup and be a woman. Uh, the, uh, the witch. It's Snow White this year, so you know. Um, and if for whatever reason you know um, you guys get your van and stuff fixed, come up and see me. You got you'll you'll have free passes and everything. You won't have to pay it again, and you got passes and bracelets so you can ride some rides shit, and shit. Dude, so, I like, might take you up on that. You you, <laughs> you you should. You can come see me be a crazy I would love crazy psycho to. woman. I'd lo- you know, honestly, yeah. I had I had the idea of. Um, like before our van took a shit, I was like, "Oh shit, I forgot Bentley lives up here." And we've been talking about doing a podcast now for like over a month, trying to redo uh, do another one. I was like, "I wonder if he'd yeah. be open for me to just be like, hey, let's just get together and do a live one." Oh, totally. But um, but yeah, then our van took a shit, and you know, whatever. yeah. <laughs> but and even if you want to do that, like I mean, I know I'm I'm recent, but yeah, if you want, could you guys go live? Like, do you do video or how does it work? Well, I'll do um, I'll do like a Facebook live, but most of my audience is on mm-hmm. is on iTunes and you know like gotcha. Stitcher and shit like that. So it's like, and is your audience continued to grow over the last year and a half? It has, it has, it, it hasn't like awesome. not like. At, astronomically or anything but it has grown which is nice you know and like um yeah. the emails come in you know they're not like crazy emails all the time but like i get some emails and i used to read like the bad emails because you know people would yeah you know people get mad about farts or whatever and oh really <laughs> no but you know people just get mad about the dumbest shit you know and, sure and sure. like i remember i got this one email of from this lady who like was like very specific, like throughout the entire podcast, like was named oh, listing yeah. exactly what she didn't like about it and like, you know, damning me to hell. <laughs> but like this bitch fucking listened to the whole podcast. Cause like she was like specific different times throughout the whole thing. So like for me, yeah. like that was just like an honor. So like I yeah. was like, if yeah, anybody. Well, at least you held her attention. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, that's a testament uh, of me. But like. Uh, 
Like, but that that person is literally one of those people who just like just troll the internet looking for something to be mad about. Yeah. And like, fuck, dude. Like, what the hell? But did you add a new? Are you doing another? I know. I remember last time we talked, you were gonna try to do like another uh, podcast where you're like actually talking to somebody. It's not you're not just joking around with your co-hosts. You're like you're talking to somebody who's a professional musician or whatever it is. Oh, right. And, yeah. And then, I, I started to, uh, yeah, it was called the, uh, um, aspiring to podcast. That's right. And, uh, and yeah, I interviewed a couple people, but then it's like, I sort of hit a wall with like this one person. And I was like, man, I, maybe I'm approaching this wrong. Like I'm trying to figure like, cause I was trying to like explain exactly like what I wanted to do and exactly, you know, and kind of like, you know, the whole idea of it was going to be kind of like, it's either it's, I'm interviewing people who do stuff that I do, or I'm interviewing people who do stuff that I want to do. And part of the show was I wanted to do whatever it was that they do. So if it's make music, whatever, like I, my first one I interviewed was this uh, composer who works for like a lot of uh, DC animated stuff. And he gets like, you know, the fourth or fifth saw movie or like, you know, he's always like working on the third or fourth, whatever horror movie in the franchise type of thing. And wonderful, wonderful, wonderful composer. He does like, like he does like the green lantern cartoon and he does like, you know, there's like three dudes that kind of do like the DC animated full length movies. And he's one of them. And, He's a wonderful, wonderful man, and um, and he, great conversation, and he totally got it. Like, uh, and and I so I sent him like a piece of a music uh, for something that I had done that was horror slash thriller or whatever. It was like a trailer for this thing, and you know I was just like, and then they give me a review on it. Mm. You know that because so so like as a professional work, like I wanted people to hear it, you know, and understand it as a professional work. And then I was trying to explain it to this one guy, and he was just like. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to. He is like, no, I'm not going to do that because like, like I've worked long and hard to get this like specifically where he's like, so no, I was like, oh, fuck. Well, maybe I'm overstepping my bounds with people. Mm. Like I didn't want to like, and I was like, no, fuck it. And so I just stopped and because then I started doing something else. And, you know, once I, once, but I I have a couple interviews and then I did start another new podcast. uh, I'm sure you may have noticed. Is that the D&D one? Oh, it is. Yeah, I was like, "Fucking dude, this dude is such a nerd," but I love it. <laughs> it's so. But I think you, oh. I think you have to be a nerd to be in the arts because you have to like. Oh yeah. You have to fixate on something so much and obsess over something so much in every detail. Yeah. In order to sort of like translate into your expression, so it's like. Yeah. It, I I meant it in an affectionate way, and I didn't mean it. The oh way no, I, I said. totally understand because like you're a nerd about music or you're a nerd about guitars Whatever, or you're a yeah. nerd about whatever it is and yeah like i had i had never played before that's why it's called chaotic amateurs like Ah. everybody on that except for the dm had never played before i mean like maybe like like one of the dudes on it uh caleb who got me into it he he hit me to this he goes you know i've been listening to this D &D podcast i was like nerd (laughs) and he was just saying no 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 he goes, it's really cool. Like you'd like it. Like it's improv based. The some of them do voices and stuff like that. And it's this great podcast called Sneak Attack. Oh. And I was like, okay, I'll listen to it. And so like all of a sudden, I was like 15 episodes in. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> and and then like you know I and then I like got in at that point they were like in the uh, up into the 80s. Now they're at like episode 113 or something. But they were in the 80s. And I listened to all of them. I was like, dude, that was awesome. I'm gonna start again from the beginning. And he goes. You want to start a D and D podcast? I was like, "You're goddamn right, I do." <laughs> like, God. what? The, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> like, 
And and so yeah, we we put some like we just my buddy Boz who does my paranormal podcast Forty Fifth Parallel uh-huh. with me, and then and then my other buddy Rhett who guests on Forty Fifth Parallel, who's into all that sort of stuff. He's the guy who's the DM and who's played a lot. And so we all just sort of get together like every other week, and we you know we we play for about a little over two hours. So we have you know we get two episodes in, and you know it's. It's all of my mics, all of my stuff. Like originally, it wasn't my stuff, but then we started playing at my house, uh. and so then it then it became my stuff, and so then, and so then you know I've got like the you know I've got the inputs where everybody gets their own channel, whereas before like people were like mixing it, you know, um, they were mixing it just like on a basically a mono board that didn't like separate the channels. So like sometimes I would have to just run a compressor to like fucking nine hundred just to make sure everyone was on the same level because like you know I. And I'm sure you hate this as a producer. We're like, all right, let's get a mic check. And so someone's like, yeah, okay, check, yeah. check. And then like, and you know, and then it starts, and they're like, motherfucker, <laughs> yeah. you know. And you're just like, yeah. And you're like, you're like, cut, yeah. fucking turn the gain five hundred percent down. What the fuck are you doing, right. you idiot? Yeah, like, like you could have just started. You're like, like, hold the- on, let me just recalibrate. Give me fifteen minutes. <laughs> I got to recalibrate the compressors, the, all the shit. Like, right? It, yeah, it, yeah. It gets intense. And so, like, I just started taking it over um, because we were recording at my place, and now everyone's got their own tracks. So it's way easier to kind of like you know manage everybody's levels and. And all that sort of stuff, and I don't, and I only use that little input box, uh, that that little, in, it's like a rack mount, you know, twelve input thing or whatever. So I use that only for that, uh, just because I can't, you know, I condensing all my stuff as I'm as I'm moving out of my house um, and going to Los Angeles or whatever. So it's like getting rid of my drum set, you know, I'm not can't take that down there. Getting, you know, I'll get an electric one or something like that when I really miss playing or whatever. But so everyone's levels are just set and then, you know, just kind of have like the, you know, the the presets all sort of saved and everything and it's honestly where we just recorded episodes 21 and 22 yesterday and it's some of the most fun I have. Like I'm this little three foot two uh, wizard gnome, Lanston Philly Duke, and I basically play him as Rafi from the league, okay. like Jason Manzukis's character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's got the same sort of voice. I'm like, what's up, bozos? Here's the deal. <laughs> and, you know, and I just like fuck around and like, you know, and he's just like, all right, what is going on here? You know, like he's just like a little, just like a little Jason Manzukis. He fucking cracks me up. Like, I love that dude. Yeah, that dude's and hilarious. And so. So I figure, like, it's even funnier that, you know, if once you visually sort of get into the podcast that this little guy's three foot two, <laughs> you know, and like, and, and he's like this ball and, he, and he's kind of like, he's visually, he's kind of like, he's got like that little pointed beard, like Dr. Venture from the Venture Brothers, yes, you know, yes. he's got like that kind of thing and he's bald and yeah, it's some of the most fun that I have just like improvising and making shit up and like you know i had no idea D was like that if i knew that i would have been playing since high school like you know get to just improvise and make characters and like you know make voices and fuck around and you know do all this cool fun shit or like i've always been that way like i've always you know just because my dad i grew up listening to radio so i listened to like a lot of those old radio serials and adventures and all that kind of stuff, you know, like I would listen to like the old Batman and Superman serials that were yeah. radio plays, the Green Hornet stuff, the Shadow, all oh, that. Oh, the crap. Shadow, dude. Who knows? Oh, is that? Oh, is that? Only the Shadow knows, right? What was that? Who is- knows what lurks in the hearts of men? Yes, the Shadow knows. The shadow. Yeah, and so like all that, you know, and that's based like if you listen to my podcast, like you know, the I make all the commercials, I make all these theme songs, yeah. I do like all of our every. Every podcast I have, I made the theme song, you know, myself. So it's all royalty free, all that sort of stuff. And like, 
I like all that stuff. And that's always been my sort of forte is like, you know, radio. And now with podcasts and everything, that's radio's kind of back. It's just on the internet. Right. Now. And exactly. so it's Which is so awesome. You know, I like all that I, stuff. I love I love that they're doing like those old style radio shows now. Like I, I've listened to this mm-hmm. one called Brownsville, I think. Um it's uh Yep. It Very was familiar. uh you know, like it just reminded me because my dad was the same way. He loved all those old things like Burns and Allen. Uh, uh, yeah. And um, yeah, The Shadow and fuck, dude, there was a. Uh, and Dick even Tracy. Abbott and Costello. Yeah, Dick Tracy, Abbott and Costello. Abbott and Costello. Uh, yeah, like he loved. Before they became movie stars and television stars, they had their a huge radio show. Yeah, man. So like that to me, that's so cool. I mean, it just. It's like, I don't know, my dad loved that shit. He turned me on to, like, digging through crates, looking for records, you know, like, before. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm not trying to be like, yeah, I was in there before everybody else, but it's just something I grew up with. It wasn't something that just exactly, yeah. jump in, I jumped on because, oh, my friends like it, so now I like it, too. But it's just like, it's something that you grow up with, and that's part of that nerd shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for know? sure. It's just, I mean, this is how it is. that's the same way, like, I mean, I always whenever I talk about how'd you get started in voiceover, I was like, it's because as a, like a little boy, when I was watching Looney Tunes, my father explained to me, he goes, it says voice characterization by Mel Blank. Do you understand what that means? I go, no. And I go, he's the guy who does all of the voices that you're hearing. And I was like, what? Yeah. One guy, you know, I mean, grand June foray did, did some, like she did like some of the like hags and witches and stuff. And then occasionally there'd be somebody else, but you know, in general, yeah, it was Mel Blanc who created all of those Looney Tune voices, and so I was like, and then my dad did voices around the house. You know, he was basically doing his impression of a Dana Carvey impression. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't know that as a kid. I was just like, holy shit, my dad can do voices too. And then so like, I was the only fourth grader who had like a Ronald Reagan and a George Bush Senior impression. <laughs> Little did I know, I was just doing Dana Carvey, you know, Dan, my dad's version of Dana Carvey's impression. So it was like a fourth removed, you know, impression or whatever. But. And then, you know, and then that's why, like, last year, I don't know if you saw it, but I made that Celebrities Against Celebrity Impressions video where, like, I played a bunch of different celebrities and we did, like, one of those things where, you know, like, a bunch of celebrities get together, they read the same script, and then they kind of cut it all together. Uh-huh. No, I didn't see that. So I'm we made to the- check that out. Oh, I'll I'll send I'll I'll text you the uh or I'll send you the the Instagram you the link or Please whatever. Do. But I'm gonna uh, listen to that D and D podcast too because now you got me all like fucking. <laughs> it's I, it starts a little slow. Oh, and the thing about that too is it's fully produced with music and sound effects and stuff. So it's it's actually you know it's like a radio play of the mind. You know it's it's very interesting. The, you know, wait, so like so I said, you did the you you're doing the music for this too. Oh yeah! Oh my God. I made the theme song for it, which is really cool. And then I use a royalty-free ah. audio library, and then and but with a little bit of a twist, I was like, everybody does like epic music for you know their D and D stuff because I started researching D and D podcasts and like I really wanted to make sure that we were doing something. So ours is kind of musically is kind of hip hop based, and <laughs> it's like Hamilton so D and D. Yeah, so it's like it's like it's like epic, you know, orchestral music with like you know Ti beats behind it or something. <laughs> That's awesome, man! Like, I- so you know, it's a different sort of soundscape. Like, and I had a, I had made this one piece of music uh, that I thought was going to be the theme song, and I sent it to our buddy Caleb, uh, who's on the show, and kind of like really spearheaded this whole thing. He's in control of the website and does all the social media stuff, which I'm grateful to just sort of not be in charge of that stuff because I kind of am with the other podcasts that I have. Right because they were my idea, but like, you know, he, he kind of makes sure they all go out, you know, get up on time and loads them up to the website and takes care of all that crap. And, but 
I made this sort of thing that it was kind of hip hop based. It, you know, the the beat definitely was. But then, like you know, I grant I just grabbed like all these samples of different instruments of like you know th- that I play through like a MIDI controller. Like I use like a Chinese zither and like a Japanese like you know Japanese pan flutes and then like a weird sort of like European sounding guitar and just sort of like all of these like sort of different sort of instruments from different cultures because I wanted to be sort of like this melting pot, you know? Yeah. It does. And I made it, and he, and he was just kind of like, "That's cool, but it's just kind of it's too." It's too like low key, and he goes. He sent me this hip hop song. He goes something like this, and it was kind of like this. It's kind of like you know, like a. Uh, it's sort of got that smells like Teen Spirit vibe to it, uh-huh. but like you know, and you know, big old fucking grungy distortion pedal bass shit, and but like you know, good hip hop beat behind it, and I was like, oh okay, and so like I end up making the theme song that we use now, which is kind of like this hip-hop orchestra rock thing and it's and it and it's cool like i love it i love listening to it i get excited when it comes on like and i then i did like the little you know like this sort of this older announcer voice you know um what is it uh uh it's i can't even remember what i say it but it's like in a land full of adventurers you are now listening to the world of chaotic amateurs you know and it's like and i've got like a nice reverb on it so it sounds kind of like gandalfian yeah. shit and like yeah it's it's a blast to do i love making all that you know and once again it's creative it's like oh i just made this and you never know like if you make something small like that you go oh yeah i kind of have a weird little like my buddy mike g who has um who who's an actor and stuff and it's actually going to be my roommate in in los angeles and uh and uh and he 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 calls me out of nowhere last week and he goes this is gonna sound like a weird question but i know if anybody has this it'll be you i go okay he goes do you have a sort of sound alike version of the of the adam west batman theme song i was like this theme song i was like oh you know i do hold on <laughs> And I, yeah, because I'd made something years ago. Like, I made like three or four different little pieces of music or whatever. And I was just like, yeah, fuck it. Here you go. Easy. Done. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> you know, here you go. And I don't know what he used it for, but I was like, yeah, no problem. He's like, oh, dude, I knew you would have it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, man. You just stockpile all these weird things. Because, yeah, like, it's weird. Sometimes you'll just be fucking around making something and, like, and then it'll sit for years and years and years. And then all of a sudden be like, oh, I got something. That'll work for this. And, yeah. Which is weird, but it, it just it's always seems some like even the worst chord progressions that i've had like where i'm like man this really mm-hmm. is fucking terrible i've been able to like give it to somebody else and like i don't know what to do with this is kind of like a weird little thing and then they sort of are able to yeah. make it into something really cool too so it's like it's uh it's interesting like then well that's how i felt with the clerks yeah, thing because yeah. like because like i was sitting there on an acoustic guitar just doing like a little like I was just doing like uh like a hillbilly like do 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 it's just C G yeah. C G C uh D C B E G C G C G B G C dun dun and it just sounds like you know pokey you know you know spinning your partner around and round <laughs> exactly. bah, 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 you know but you know and I'm just sort of playing it you know uh one noted you know just like a, like it's a bass or whatever and and then like i like kind of worked it out and it sounded like shit and i was like so these are like essentially think of these as like the bass notes what i'm doing here and then arpeggiate you know change whatever chord whatever and then like some of the stuff that i was singing like kent was very good about he would go okay 
sing it to me without playing the guitar. Mm. And so I'd sing it, and he goes, oh, okay, that's what you want. I'm like, what? He goes, you sing it differently than you play it. Because then he'd be like, you're doing like, a, you're doing like a harmonic minor thing over here. Like, when you sing it, I can hear what you want. I was like, oh, no fucking shit. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or he, like, listened to how I sang and go, oh, okay, now I know how to, like, do these chords and all this shit. I was like... Right. The coolest thing is I in my logic because he had a MIDI piano, so it's like I have all of the MIDI things. I'm like I'm looking at like the things like I'm just like looking at his choices of chords and how he's like doing different things. It's like, oh man, that is fucking interesting. He's putting that over that. Like I guess that's what music theory is. You know what to do. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it, it, to me that's. Um, that's kind of like outside of my wheelhouse as well, where I'm just like, I, I get the basics, but like when you start doing like movement with melody, it starts to get a little wonky for me because it, because you'll do like, like 10 or 15 chords just over like, you know, a few bars of melody just to move along yeah. with the, you know, just moving it along, which is. Oh, totally. It, it, and Kent was really good about that. It was is interesting watching him work because he's like, okay, where are we going to? I'm like, oh, we're going to this party. He goes, okay, fuck, I got to figure out. Because I, I did, like, I, he's like, okay, so we got to go. Hum, bum, 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 dun, 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 dun. So we walked down. Then we're into, boom, ba, um, da, like, we're in a different key here. Okay, how am I going to make that work? Transfer what? And I would just say, he goes, okay, I do that. And then that that's actually the harmonic. Da, 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 da. Okay, got it, got it, got it. And he played. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> And like he, he and I kept telling him, I'm like, this isn't fair to you because you're so fucking talented, but you're playing exactly what I heard in my head. I just didn't know how to get there. It would have taken me weeks, right? And and we did it. We did it in two hours. And that's not fair to him and his skill and his talent because he really made my musical come alive. And then Justin as well, like taking you know, and he gave a great compliment to Ken. He goes, dude, your piano player rocks. Like he gave me like. The blueprint of everything I needed to do for all the you know all the different instruments and like you know different things, yeah. And I'm actually we're thinking about um, we're thinking about taking off the sort of ending with with the the Jay and Bob thing uh -huh. because as it sits right now, it's called Inconvenience, a Clerks musical. Probably should have said that an hour ago, but um, <laughs> it's called. In, if you want to check it, and it, I'm sure it'll be in the show it notes will or something be. like that it as will well. Be. Cool. So it's like it you know it's Inconvenience, a Clerks musical, but like. With that, and then just the musical in and of itself, like, yeah, the characters are called Dante and Randall. Yeah, it looks like, you know, it starts as a Kevin Smith thing, but then it turns into, like, a Gene Kelly movie. Like, but then without the specific thing of Jay and Silent Bob showing up at the end or whatever, like, in the animation, you take that off and it just goes to credits, you could totally submit that to film festivals, and I think we're going to. That's that You should, man. Like, that is, like, really fucking... It's, like, a really good produced piece, man. Like... And I have friends. We shot it on a 4K camera, nice. and you only saw the 1080p version, right. which is because, like, the 4K version is like, fuck. With all the color correction and different shit that we did, it was like a 38 hour export or something. Oh I was God. like, I was like, I'm not going to tie up your guys' business for that long. Like, <laughs> just just give me the, you know, like, they, they, like, it kept crashing, it kept crashing. And I wanted it to be online uh -huh. when I went and saw Kevin. Right. But it ended up not being mm -hmm. or whatever, and then like you know, and then and then like on the way home, they messaged me like we got it up online. I was like, oh fuck, great! And so like I tweeted him that night, which was great. Right. But yeah, that was like the only sort of thing because like I got really anxious at the end because I, I wanted him to see it because I was going to see him. Like that was the plan that we'd set out like four months ago. 
And that was the only time I ever got shitty with those guys is because I was like, what do you mean it's not fucking done yet? And they're just like, and they're just like, dude, your shit is crashing our computers because of everything. I'm just like, well, I don't give a fuck. Like, get my shit. Yeah. And they were just like, will you chill the fuck out? I was like, no, you're right. I'm sorry. Like, we have, like, like this really great, like, 90-minute talk where, like, we it starts off like, hey, man, and then it escalates into, fuck you. And then it's like, and then it goes back to, like, I just love you. I just wanted to be the best thing ever. <laughs> you know? Dude, fuck it. it. You know, it's like, artists, they're sensitive about this shit, right? Like, it's just, like, yeah. it's just how it is. It's just... No matter how it is. Yeah, and I just assumed that, like, if it was up online, we could bring it up. Like, we kept trying to, like, raise our hand during the Q&A part. But the first fucking question this fucking 20-something-year-old dipshit asks is, what was your inspiration for clothes? Uh, and then Kevin, then Kevin being Kevin, yeah. spent the next hour basically telling the entire story, which is you can see on the Clerks documentary, The Snowball Effect, which I had just watched. I like I went back, I watched Clerks, I watched Clerks 2, I watched both the documentaries following those films because I wanted, and I was taking notes like, oh, we could incorporate this thing here, this thing here. You know, like the sign, please let us know if you're going to shoplift. Like, we've got that in our thing. I was trying to find like fun little scenarios, like where to place people, certain things to do. Like, it's just like little homages throughout or whatever. And, um, yeah, and I so and I was like, God damn it! Like I got up twice. I walked out like and like went to the bar outside, you know, and was just like having a drink or whatever, and then went to the bathroom, would come in, see where he was at in the story, and like sit there for a couple minutes. Like I don't want to fucking hear this. <laughs> and then three more questions were asked, and and the ninety minutes was over. Damn. And uh, and I was like, that motherfucker! Like <laughs> I was so pissed. I was just like, dude, just say watch the fucking documentary. Like it's all there. Everything you just said. Uh, yeah, I was so fucking bummed out because I wanted to be like, hey, 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 I made a musical and blah, blah, blah. And because I'm I'm in a room full of like 400 Kevin Smith fans. So I was like, if I say that in front of them, like then that's 400 people that are all going to like, you know, that are fans of that shit. They're going to go watch it and whether they like it or not, but didn't get the opportunity. So and then I was pissed about that. And then I was pissed about the, you know, the not being uploaded. It was just a it was like sort of the culmination of all the tension that I was trying to like keep cool, you know, with like when I was. um you know, like when I was like making it or whatever, all that director tension or whatever, I was kind of like, no, nah, that's cool. No, we'll do this. And, you know, just trying to be like the rock for everyone, yeah. you know, and, and because, you know, you set the tone, you're the one in charge. And, 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 and the, that was sort of my breaking point, you know, what do you mean it won't export? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. But, but, you know, we're still all friends, but yeah, I think, uh, yeah, Jared and I are, Jared and I are looking into some, some film festival stuff and, uh, um, and, and, you know, um, because I think it would do well. It's, you know, the music's good. And then if that happens, I'll get, um, I'm going to get this dude, um, his, this rad producer, his name is Steve Kravak. And um, uh, he produced, he's the guy who produced and recorded Cheshire Cat. He produced uh, early Green Day records. He produced uh, MXPX's Life in General and Slowly Going the Way of Buffalo. He did Les and Jake records. Like, he's a fucking rad producer. And I, and I got the chance to, uh, um, I got the chance to meet him a couple of years ago. He was producing a record in Portland. I took him out for a drink afterwards and just talked to him. And he gave me my favorite piece of advice I've ever gotten, you know, as we, we were walking back to his hotel. And I was just like, you know, any piece of advice. And he goes, he goes, this is what I tell people. Always invest in yourself mm. because no one's going to believe in you as much as you do. And I was like, oh, you Yoda piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
and he started laughing. He's like, "See ya!" And he just like walked into his hotel right. or whatever. Yeah, he disappears into the night. And I've always, yeah. yeah, and I've always kept to that ever since then, and because it is true. If you're a creative type of, you know, obviously take care of your family, take care of whatever you need to do. Don't like just be, you know, like skipping out on bills and having people come after you. But like. I've always lived by that, you know, and that's because that's right when I was starting my voiceover journey and I was telling him about it and he was just like, you know, always invest in yourself because no one's going to believe in you as much as you do. And I was like, that's true. And I always have, like, if I have extra money, I upgrade my board or I upgrade like, you know, a preamp or I get a new mic or I get, you know, or I get those very expensive studio cable cords mm -hmm. that like, you know, are made from fucking, you know, fairy farts and gold dust or whatever right, exactly. and fucking... Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, but I do all that stuff because, like, it improves the sound chain, improves the whatever, get better studio monitors, uh, do whatever it is. And, um, but it's like every time I, every time I get close to, like, getting enough money for a laptop so I can work from bed, um, or, or do podcasting on the road, you know, cause I've just got an iMac, you know, it's like a 2011 too. So it's kind of a, it's still like when they were about an inch and a half thick. Right. And, and so, like, you know, Every time I get like near that, because I'm gonna add all the souped up upgrades, and I'm getting the fucking 17 inch, and you know I'm not gonna fuck around, so it's gonna cost me like you know 2,800 right. bucks or something. Yeah. And it's like I almost get there, then it's like something happens. <sighs> like last time, it was my dog all of a sudden got this fucking crazy tumor, oh, and yeah. like you know, and so it's like I had to pay for you know, surgeries, and then like they were like, oh, all the also this is wrong with her, this is wrong with her, and this is wrong with her. I was like, okay, how much? I was like, oh, goodbye, Bye, laptop. dude. That same fucking thing because I was getting prepared to be on the road because like my wife's been planning this for a year, so I've been like saving money to get the laptop so I could do my fucking podcast and like still be able to yeah. record, send out tracks. You know, even though all I got is acoustic, I could still like you know I could still write with my bands and stuff and you know still yeah. maintain my network and every fucking time every fucking time i would have the money and it would be like oh well i guess we gotta pay uh, oh the car shit or you know like yeah exactly you know, that happened too whatever like whatever it is and what sucks is that i went from tires went out yeah. and then i and then when i took them in they're like also your rack and pinion is off and your alignment is <laughs> fucked and it's like yeah. yeah and i was like what and like in the you know in the front in the passenger side front tire and i was like would that be because my wife parallel parks by driving that tire into the fucking thing? And they're like, yep, that would do it. And I'm like, awesome. How much? There goes the rest of the laptop money. Yeah. Fuck me. Oh, dude, it, it's <laughs> yeah, so frustrating totally. because I came off of a computer that was, a, it was a shared computer, but it was like, you know, it was in my studio. So we all used it. But like it, it had like twenty thousand dollars worth of software that I was able to sure. like just you know mix and master something nice though you know and yeah. like my podcast all sounded real nice. Now I'm fucking yeah. up literally bouncing out of fucking GarageBand iOS and, <laughs> and like that's all I get. Well, I mean I use Logic, but and I but I also use GarageBand for the D and D thing, like yeah. because like for some reason in my Logic. I don't know how it happened. Like it glitched or something, and I, like I clicked on something and then hit something else, and like my computer glitched. So it's like I I selected something, then I hit delete, but my computer glitched. So I deleted all of my Apple loops and all my media and all my shit and logic. So it's like, so it's like for you know, so like all of those sound effects, all of the music, everything that like comes with Logic, uh, Logic Pro Nine, and now with GarageBand Ten, like it's all the same shit. So it's like I have to bounce the D&D podcast out because Logic Pro has a really great crossfade feature right. where you just kind of put it on top of each other and it does it. Yeah. And so and and GarageBand doesn't. So then it's like 
I, you know, I export out like a, a you know, a twenty four forty eight wave file, imported into GarageBand. I have my, I have my, my timesheet with all of my sound effects where all my music's going to go. I put them all in. I mix it in that. Export that out as a, you know, twenty four forty eight wave. Bring it back into Logic. Put the fucking, put the, you know, the theme songs on the front and the end. Then export it out as a low quality MP three at like one twelve uh, kilobytes per second. Because then it keeps the file size low, but then at 112, 96, at least for my 96 is when the MP3s start to sound like they're a little bit underwater. Yeah, yeah. The, so the 112, tin, yeah. 112 is like the lows you can go while still sounding pretty hot, you know? So, um, so yeah, so it's like I know exactly what you're talking well, about. Like, I mean, nothing, nothing like exactly like, you know, with all the great mastering stuff, right. but like, but yeah, exactly. Hey, what's a good, like, um, do you, what, what kind of, um, just like a sort of outboard piece of gear. Um, like I've been looking at some of like those sort of smaller, like half little half rack unit, like Neve, um, uh, like pieces they make for like, you know, vocal preamps and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Like I want to, I want to get like a rack mount, like little, uh, <coughs> excuse me. But it, like, you know what, you got any suggestions for Well, me? you know what? I like, um, for like voiceover like stuff, API, little like lunchbox ones. Those ones, those are pretty kick ass. Um, that, well, the preamp that I got that, well, I, now I don't have anymore, but it was that focus, right? I think you even commented on it. Um, it was a focus, right? Oh, what yeah. the fuck was that? But that thing was yeah, like 600 about. bucks and like made so much of a difference made like, like, <clears throat> because I was using that MXL was that the 990 That's the same one you use. And like, yeah, and I, yeah. Wasn't, I love that. Fucking yeah. Microphone. That thing's super versatile. And like when I would go in it, like just because it's not the highest end um microphone that you can get no but when i would put it through that focus right it sounded like it just it was like a top end i'm not gonna say like a yeah. neiman or whatever neumann or whatever the fuck yeah the neumann 103 yeah but it was it just gave it such um clarity and it, but it didn't sound like a hundred dollar microphone exactly exactly it just sort of made everything sound better like i even did a couple like di bass tracks for it through just through that straight into my um uh interface and like i was yeah. like shit dude i'll just put like i'll just put like a software amp on it because it sounds so good that like I, I could just put like a software amp on it and i can send that fucker out and so that yeah. focus right was like a big thing for me and i've just heard a lot of good things about those api little lunchbox little ha like little half rack mount things you know gotcha. what i'm talking about those cool. little ones Am yeah I, I, are they the apis fuck I'm fuck, I, I'm so out of touch now. Now that I'm just living in a van, <laughs> like dwelling here. down by the river. Literally down by the river. Fucking. Yeah. There's this park. It's actually pretty rad. This park is called Amazon Park, and um, okay. And um, there's like a whole community of van dwellers, and and we're like my wife coined this like very graceful phrase. She's like they treat us like we're the king of the bums because they because we have like it's not the nicest van but like you know like these people aren't traveling these people are living here and like there's like yeah this, yeah this sad little family who lives in their car who who like you know who are nice but you can tell the dad's a junkie and the mom's just dealing with it and like but we had like this little yeah. like like homeless encampment block party yesterday <laughs> where they were like grilling like i pulled out my little coleman thing my little coleman two mm -hmm. burner it, it was cool you know like 
I mean, honestly, I, I didn't want to come on this trip. Like, my career in San Diego was going, like, exactly how I wanted it. And, like, I hate when I get texts with, like, these gig opportunities that I'm just like, sorry. Oh, no. yeah. You know, so, like, I'm totally just shutting down my entire network. But, like, it's been, like, yeah. just being on the road like this and without the idea of having to go play this gig, you know. Like, we got to get there and play this gig where, where there's, like, really no yeah. purpose is, like, totally made me it's forced me to live in the moment instead of living in you know usually i'm living in the bad neighborhoods in my head but like but this oh, yeah. it literally forces you to like live minute by minute and not and not like you know fuck i should be doing this or fuck i should be doing that because i can't and like i said i'm fucking bouncing my podcast off of fucking the ios fucking garage band fucking you know, like I'm sitting here, like you know, pinching and zooming and like trying to cut and make these like fades <laughs> yeah. on the iPad. It's driving me nuts. Like I can't turn like this stereo track into two mono tracks because all I have is a Chromebook, yeah. which is worthless, and fucking yeah. And my and my yeah. IPad, I bought my daughter one of those when she got into junior high. Which they're great for junior high, but like you're yeah. trying to fucking put in, you know, two hours worth of a way a high quality wave it, it just fucking eats dig because it's yeah. all browser based so it's i yeah. tried using their browser because they have apps you know and like nothing works and, sure. and like the most stable thing i've been using is my ipad so like at the beginning you were like hey do you want me to put this together i was like fuck maybe <laughs> but i think i'll be okay um if you send your end on because like you can still get pretty good quality out of this thing and um and I'm just gonna see how it sounds because I'm not trying because I haven't put released anything yet off of this. So this next podcast sure. I release is gonna be off of my GarageBand, and so I'm gonna see yeah. how it sounds and if it sounds too much. Like- I like the I like the little. I mean, I'm sure they're you know not as good as obviously like if you've got like real outboard gear but i like how simplistic garage band has made oh, like the compressor oh, yeah. things in yeah, there you just you want more for compressor <laughs> okay just turn up the dial turn the knob <laughs> and then mid low high i'm like dude th- this is where it's at like and i actually i was looking at this um this compressor the other day um that that i was thinking about thinking about getting and it's um because because it's set up that way like it's super simple looks like super easy to navigate it's a um it's a tube tech compressor CL1B Lidcraft from Denmark. Jesus. And it and it just like it looks like it's blue. It's got the black knobs with the it looks like you know, it's just got attack, release, select, gain, ratio, threshold, meter, and then it's like got a little it's got the little um over on the right side, it's got the sort of old school uh, uh, pin and needle, like showing yeah. your your volume thing. It's not digital. Right. And I was like, dude, that thing looks fucking bad. Like super simple. And I, I want. Uh, I always like like Jack White, for mm-hmm. example. Like I like that he's got his little studio in Nashville, and he just buys fucked up gear. He buys fucked up guitars. He buys fucked up gear. He records the tape, and like that gives him a unique sound. Sure. And so it's like I want to start buying like weird shit like that like where they like hand make this shit in denmark and it's like why does your shit sound so good i was like oh because a human being made it <laughs> yes. and like and, and they made it like fucking awesome yeah, it's not an and algorithm it's just shitting out whatever no man yeah have you've seen um did you uh have you heard about the tape the tape op podcast 
Tape Ops huh. started putting out. It's basically the recordings they do for the interviews they do for the magazine. They just took the recordings mm-hmm. and just fucking put them out as audio. And J- oh, Jack awesome. White does one where he talks about his process and like how he's like the only guy who could who has a traveling um, tape recording. Like he'll re- re- uh, he'll uh, oh my god, come on. Live concerts. He's got like it in a van. Yeah, or something he has like, like that, a yeah. travel rig. He's like one of the only people who have like who can record a concert live to tape, and he kind of d- that's awesome. And he though. records every single fucking show he's ever done. And if he doesn't record it, he writes it down and like writes down like the notes for it. It's interesting podcast. It's like because they talk to Brian Eno and and and, and, oh, and awesome. it's just about fucking gear shit, you know. So it's like if you want to yeah. gear nerd out, nerd it, the fuck out. It's, yeah, it's fucking right there for you, man. Um, it's called Tape Op. Tape Op. Yeah. Have you have you ever heard the magazine? It's it's actually it's. Uh-uh, I haven't, but it sounds fucking it's awesome. It, it's all about it recording, and it's absolutely free. the t- The magazine itself is absolutely free. It comes out, I believe, like quarterly, so or, uh, or oh, cool. maybe every other month. Um, so it's absolutely free. All you gotta do is go to their website and you just sign up for it, and they just send you this shit for free every couple months. And it's just like they talk to engineers and they talk to artists they cool. and like uh they'll talk like i remember i read a, a piece that they talked to the black keys and how much they don't give a shit about their drum sound like like i put a mic in front of the <laughs> bass kick I, in front of the kick i put you know i fucking put the uh mic on top he, he just like the most simple um setup yeah. and he's like and, like three three mic rig exactly or whatever, yeah. and he's like i don't give a fuck i'm not gonna sit there for two weeks to get a bass kick sound fuck that it's like we're, we're here to make music that's why we hire fucking engineers that's why we hire the mixers and the master the mat the get you know yeah. like that's why they have like the top of i mean i did that i mean like everything in the clerk's musical all the vocals were recorded on my sm7b all the tap sounds were yeah. recorded on my sm7b i just nice. took off the the clown nose <laughs> yeah um and all of the vocals were recorded in the middle of that big room that we were dancing oh, in. Wow. like that 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 entire and because like behind one of the walls, like behind like one of the curtains, there's the office where I used to uh, podcast with my buddy Jared until we both, you know, um, started working all summer. And so we haven't been able to do it at all. But yeah, I just stuck the seven beat because I was like, in my head, I went, well, if there's any echo or reverb or whatever, like I added very little reverb to, I'm like a little bit to smooth it out, right. but I was like any room noise, whatever, I want it to be the room that we're going to be yeah. in. Like, so it makes sense. So like naturally on screen, it looks like, oh yeah, they would be in that position. They would be, so I just stuck the 7B in the middle of the room and, and then had everyone record their vocals there. And, uh, and it turned out great. And like, I've, I've done like demos, like with my buddy, like, you know, we're we're trying to write like uh trying to write a little five song we just never seem to get our schedules going but you know i i i played drums in his band and stuff so we want to re- write like a little five song that's kind of like the best of like all the types of bands that we loved growing up like the pop punk bands and like the lesson jake and no effects and like all the skate punk bands and all that shit that we love so it's like i i stuck the 7b like kind of out in front of my drum set yeah. and took the clown nose off and it was kind of like facing basically like right at my chest mm. and then and then uh I stuck a 57 on his on his uh half stack and just those two tracks and the demo and then obviously like we recorded vocals afterwards but I was like in my little booth or whatever because I wanted to like fuck around with vocals 
uh, and actually sort of producing them. Uh, it sounds like, I mean, it's nothing I would put out as a final, but for a demo, it sounds fucking killer as shit. Nice. Like, just like the 7B, like because, you know, the 7B starts at negative 60 dB, right. so it's like, it can fucking take a punch. Like, it's great as an overhead for fucking, for drums, because I hit, you know, I'm... As my as as one of my teachers at music school called me in my jazz class, he goes, you know, he goes, you've got great swing, you've got great time, you've got great feeling, but you are the Dave Grohl of jazz drumming. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'll take it. I started laughing. I started laughing so hard. He goes, he goes, go down to the school shop and get yourself some. He goes, what brand of sticks do you use? I go, I use Vader's. And he goes, okay. Go down to the school shop, get some Manhattan 7As. Mm, 7As. And I was like, all right. And I went down there and I was like, dude, these little fucking toothpicks. And I yeah. came back up like, you know, because it was during class. He goes, all right, you ready to play the chart again? I was like, I guess. <laughs> and so like I played it and he goes, but then like, you know, uh, just a little bit into the chart or whatever, I was like, I started to feel like I could, I could, I could feel it. Right. I could feel like the, the lightness of it. I could start and I was hearing it differently. I was playing it differently. And afterwards he goes, you see, and I go, "That's fucked up, man. <laughs> That's awesome." He goes, "He goes, good. Now get off my stage." <laughs> those fucking like it, it always kills me when I see fucking drummers with those big like the the Tommy Chongs. You know, what I'm talking about the ones where oh, at yeah, the yeah. end of like I think it's Up in Smoke where they're playing nah, 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 and he's like behind that big drum set and he has these big fucking like clubs and he's just like pounding away on. It. <laughs> yeah, I used to be that way though because like I'm six two. So I'm tall and I've got, you know, and, and so like my drumsticks, I would see pictures and even not just pictures, but like how I get like my drumsticks always felt small in my hands. And the only ones that kind of felt good were, uh, were Travis's sticks. Uh, um, like they, they were like long enough, but they were a little too light for me. And I started using Vader fat back three A's and, and, but they're like a little, they're like an inch too short. And then serendipity happened. And I found my perfect stick. It's my favorite stick of all time. If I ever got a signature stick, I would just like just put my name on this guy's stick, or just give me a box of his sticks. I don't <laughs> yeah, give a shit. Take that. But um, Marvin Smitty Smith, he is. I, I, I. He. He. He shares a lockout space with one of my drum teachers at school, and he was Jay Leno's drummer before Jay Leno decided to quit and then come back. Wow. So like that original Jay Leno Tonight Show, that was his drummer for four fucking oh, ever. Nice. Marvin Smitty Smith, he is awesome. He's an amazing drummer. And his drumsticks are about an inch longer than the Fatback 3As, and they taper only within like the last half inch of the bead. So they are that, and they're just fucking thick as shit the entire way through. And I was like, oh my, it was just Mecca. Just, oh, I was like, oh my fucking God, these are the sticks. And like, but like you know, he's not like a big enough seller, so it's like it's like a six week process because like you put in an uh, order and then they have to make your bundle oh for shit. you, you know, like you 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 buy it, you know, you buy a twelve pack or whatever it is, like when you get yeah. like the 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 bundle of them or whatever. So then it's like then they have to cut them for you, like and make them specifically for you, yeah. and you know. I- Anyway, the, the it was just funny because like when I because I started on drums and like I pound I I pounded away to I pound just be fucking shit up always breaking my sticks, and then I saw Lars Ulrich, and who like I don't even think is that great of a drummer. Oh, those graphite sticks. Yeah, I used to get those, and still I would like 
beat them until they like seriously like bent and broke from just like metal. Oh shit! It, it's just so silly. Uh, Bentley, I broke a lot of sticks. It was fucking crazy. Like, and then, then I'll let you go. Yeah. But like, it's fucking crazy. It's the worst thing. It's like where you have a show or because I started playing drums last. I started oh. with guitar and then bass. And then when I was 18 years old, my parents got a divorce. I was like, oh, my dad's too sad to know if I get a drum set. So I went out and bought yeah. one. And and then and then that's like when I started playing drums when I was 18. And I started playing. And that's like, yeah, I was 2000. And so like I started sort of playing slower stuff. And then like within six months, my first very first band that I ever played drums with, we recorded a record. And I was playing like that speed punk. Do that, do that, do that, do that, like no effect shit. You know, within six months of me starting to play drums, like rhythm has always made sense to me. You know, the tap dancing, like I always played lap drums and that sort right. of stuff, you know, as anybody does. But my least favorite thing is like, you know, we'd get a show and it's so like I would take my tip money for the week and I had like one of those canisters that like, you know, clips onto the to the hi-hat yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So I would take my tip money, you know, because I was delivering pizzas and shit at the time when I was like 19 and take my tip money, go buy like four pairs of Travis Barker sticks. And I would remember some nights, like, I don't know if it was just I was on or just like they were faulty sticks or whatever, but fucking, I would get on stage. I remember this one time I went through three pairs of sticks in the first two songs. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? I was so mad because, you know, they're like seven or eight bucks a pair. Yeah. And like, I was like, I just broke thirty. Two dollars worth of sticks oh or something, God, you know, like dude. within like less than ten minutes. Holy shit, dude! <laughs> well, there you go, there you go. Hey, you got fucking you. You're out there putting it in, putting in work. Uh, Bentley, well, um, I've completely displaced my family out of the van for the last couple of yep, hours. Yep, you got to. <laughs> you got to get them back in there. It's getting late. It's getting dark it, outside. The hobos are going to start coming yeah, after them. Yeah, they might start cooking us food again. So I gotta watch out. But Bentley, um. I had other questions, so maybe we will do like a like a one on one or something in a couple of weeks. Oh, dude, you should have told me you just had questions. I would have talked so much. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, it was just a couple. It's just, but I I knew what to expect because like this is what you do. Like you talk for a living, so like I knew that this was gonna be easy. Like job, you know, you know how like sometimes you like even talking to somebody, you got like pull information out. It's like pulling fucking yeah, teeth, yeah. and you're like doing all the heavy lifting and. So, yeah. like, I knew, like, tonight was going to be like, oh, this will be cool. Fucking Bentley's going to, you know, he, he, you're a great guest. You know, you're great. You're great at. Thanks uh, very much. You're great at, like, everything you do. So. Running my fucking mouth. <laughs> hey, that's good, though, that your mouth is moving your life along. So you can't be mad at that. <laughs> but um, in so many in ways. In so many ways on so many levels. <laughs> it's, you know, I have a, I, my mouth runs on, too. But I don't have such a, like, nice voice. Like, mine's just, like, the transgender, like, in transition voice. So it's, like, not, it's not, like, oh, I'm, Well, I'm not, I hate my voice. Oh, so, like, you know, I'm not, oh. yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, when you sit and edit your voice for a living, you're like, God, this guy sounds like an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> okay, Bailey, well, I appreciate you coming back on, man. And uh, I look forward to the next time that we can talk. Thank you very much. And I appreciate you having me. Wasn't that wonderful? Isn't he a gentleman and a, and a scholar of art and life? Uh, I want to thank Bentley again for coming on the show. 
go to bentleymichaels.com. That's B-E-N-T-L-E-Y-M-I-C-H-A-E-L-S.com. And you can get in contact with him to hire him for voiceover work. Um, I know he edits podcasts. Like he, I, I don't know if he's still doing it, but I remember when I talked to him a while ago, he said that he was still doing that. Uh, he composes music for TV and film. And he'll tap dance, I'm sure, for you <laughs> if you pay him enough. I should say that. I don't want him to be the dancing monkeys, like dance monkey, dance, and throwing coins at his face, you know. That's rude. But uh, yeah, he's a very open guy and just very um, uh, available. I shouldn't say open, I'm saying uh, available person to contact and to uh, even have on your podcast. So, anyways. We speak English at gmail.com. Write the show. Give Bentley some love. Um, we speak EnglishGood.net. And that's it for me. I'll see you guys next week when I have on a reggae band from Eugene, Oregon. Uh, they are called the Resonators. And resin, as in like pipe resin from smoking weed, you know? All our potheads, you know what I'm saying? You know, a little scrapey scrape when you're uh, kind of broke or it's a dry day or a dry week in your city or community. It's been a really long time since I've dealt with a drought in the weed department. So um, we'll see what happens here in Toledo. Although my CalRec works in Mex- Me- Mexico. <laughs> my CalRec which my California marijuana recommendation card works in Michigan here. So I'm just going to update that and make sure that I never have to deal with a drought because fuck that. Because let me tell you something, Eugene, Oregon, they had as much weed as you need. I mean, it's legal there. So you can just walk in and as long as you're like 18 or something, they'll sell you any kind of weed you want. I love Eugene. Eugene was so fun. It was such an awesome city. (sighs) Anyways, everyone, be nice to your fellow human beings. Take care of each other out there, folks. HJ's for everybody. And I will see you next week. Love ya.